This episode of the Cold Popsha podcast was brought to you by One Dollar Genre. Hey everybody, it's AJ here. Just letting you know that I have started a new project called One Dollar Genre, and here is how it works. Um, this year, 2022, I aim, my new resolution, I aim to make one film a month. So that's 12 films, 12 short films, I should say. Um, and I want you guys to be involved. And the way you can be involved is over at patreon.com slash one dollar genre if you go on there uh, for one dollar donate a dollar and every month you will get to suggest and vote on the genre of the next short film i'm gonna make does that sound like a familiar business model to Cole Popsha? Maybe. Maybe I saw something that worked and thought maybe I could do it again. You can go over there, you can suggest anything from rom-com to Soviet propaganda. Whatever you think is a genre, suggest it, and if it gets enough votes, I will make a short film based on that suggestion. Um, this is a super exciting project. I'm really excited about it, so I hope you guys are all really excited for it too. Uh, you can also follow $1 Genre on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to a YouTube channel. But the main thing is the Patreon. So if you want to support AJ and a new project and you want to make me make something stupid or cool up to you then head on over to uh one dollar genre patreon.com slash one dollar genre and get involved um some of you are already there already and I, I really appreciate that so uh yeah cool let's get to the episode happy kia new year i love it i lo- it's perfect it's perfect. Kian New Year on Film Franchise Fortnights uh, on the Cold Popsha podcast. Richard, how is your end of year, start of New Year going? Well, I haven't actually started New Year yet because uh, no. a little peek behind the curtain, as we like to often do here, um, it's actually not New Year yet. Mm. from from where we're recording this um mm. and from where the place we're recording this is like a freaky uh, digital world. <laughs> called uh the real called real life am i right <laughs> yeah that's yeah absolutely did uh, you have a did you have a good christmas uh i did have a good christmas yeah i um it, it, it was nice we we got uh, this my food bag which is like um mm. you know hello fresh kind of thing but my food bag's a local new zealand one and we got the like the entirely plant-based box but it was like all the because it was like all these I guess it did kind of have a main in it, but it was mostly sides kind of thing, but all entirely plant based because I uh, went up to have Christmas with Jess's family and uh, they already bought this giant ham and it, all the other like food box things came with ham. And so we were like, well, mm. we don't need a ham. So the only one that didn't was this plant based one, but it was actually really nice. Um, nice. We had this mushroom galette as a starter and my God, it was fucking incredible. Galette. The best a man can get, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How was your Christmas? Good. I received a meat thermometer as a present, as well as a a wine jelly, and I just made a steak. And I just found for, out the temperature of it. <laughs> I did for the first time. I was able to cook a steak to a certain rareness on purpose instead of just winging it. Mm. Um, and then I used the wine jelly to make a pan sauce, which I've never done. Oh. Um, and it was okay. Did and you take I'm any photos? Sh- I didn't. It didn't look very, right. I don't know. 
my house was dark and it was a very black source so it didn't didn't necessarily look the best but it was all right i think i used too much jelly and i um didn't understand how long you have to leave a meat thermometer in a piece of meat Mm, for to to actually get it and so it was just medium rare like it technically qualified by like a decimal as medium rare because i'd left it in for longer than i thought i had to because the temperature yeah yeah the the kind of meat thermometer like because you want an instant read one is the thing um Mm. that just you push the ticket it goes Boop, tells you mm. the one the one i think you've got is more like you leave it in a roast or something like that um no no it no it says you. don't do that it says don't do that mm. so there you go but look i was still able to enjoy a delicious steak <laughs> which the matrix told me was juicy and tender and not et cetera, real etc etc but it's not real none of this is mm. fucking real i do just Richard. before we get to the matrix <laughs> which we are okay. here to talk about today i got an instant pot as my um mm. sort of my main sort of present uh, which i bought for myself but um it was for jess transferred me money for it but she was too busy to buy it so i had to go buy it um if but, i got an instant pot yeah i would not interrupt the other person i'm talking to's excellent segue matrix themed <laughs> i haven't finished talking about me uh, so okay. even <laughs> if i had not gone in an instant pot and my yeah. co-host had, and they clearly had, they were clearly building to something. I would not interrupt them. <laughs> so I, yeah, got an instant pot. And I, I've told a lot of people in New Zealand that I got an instant pot and they've all just said, oh, what's that? And it's like, well, it's, it's like a pressure cooker and a slow cooker and a few other things. It's a all in one, but like in, multi-cooker is the actual name of the appliance and instant pot is the brand. But I, they're, they're quite, they supposedly quite big in America where I know there's a large portion of our listener base. Mm. Um, So I was just putting this out here as a call out that if anyone out there has any good Instant Pot recipes, please send them through either on the Discord or you can email us at (laughs) cultpopshamedia at gmail.com. Please send us your best Instant Pot recipes. Um, They don't have to be necessarily something you came up with. Uh, Just if you've found something on the internet that you can vouch for, please send it through. (laughs) Colpopshamedia at gmail.com. Perhaps someone could send through a recipe for something like, I don't know, a thick, juicy, delicious steak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of. Or some kind of weird protein um, mush. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, the two, so, the two best. AJ, what is the show? What is what are we doing here? This let's, is film let's franchise. End the charade. <laughs> None of it's real. Um, oh, actually, is... do you know what? I, I, oh, <laughs> oh wow, great! What? <laughs> I'm gonna go grab something. I just thought okay. I, I wasn't planning to do this, but I just thought of it, so I'm gonna yeah. go grab something. Okay. Now, for everyone listening, that was instantaneous, but for us here, it was actually 60 years. <laughs> so, I know, AJ, we said no presents, but oh, um, <laughs> I was at the mall the other day, and I thought of a real funny present to get you, and then I bought it, and I thought, actually, I would rather have this okay. <laughs> than AJ. And it's like, it's a fun thing for both of us. It's, it's for the podcast. So we have, we've joked in, in the podcast a lot before and me saying shrad like that 
is uh, what made me think of it. But um, we like to throw in some big words here at the Cult Popshire podcast, and we often mm. joke about the other person having a word of the day calendar. So I went out and I actually bought wow. 365 new words a year, and I was going to send this down to you, but then I was like, well, A, I didn't want to pay for postage, but B, I was like, well, I'm going to have just as much enjoyment out of it if I own it um, okay. and if you own it. And also this way I can ensure that I actually do use the new words and, and, and learn them because I feel like I care more about um, learning new words than you do. So, um, Okay. And today's I was going to take offense to that, but the fact that you've thought about it probably means it's true. Would you, would you disagree? No, that's what I'm saying. I clearly you you do think more about you do care more about it because you're the one that it seems to matter to. <laughs> mm, all right, so I've got so I guess I guess the idea behind getting this is that every time we record, I will have seven new words <laughs> to try and drop into the podcast. God, stop listening now, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, hopefully I yeah hopefully I learn how to use them or they'll you'll um I'll be guilty of a catrices in my uh on my podcast is that the name of one of the crew members on the nebuchadnezzar <laughs> like <Probably>. that's it <laughs> this is this is film franchise fortnights on the cult popshire podcast where once a fortnight we discuss a film we watch and discuss a film franchise and usually we've packed up shop this time of year not the podcast but film franchise fortnights we mm. do some other lighter things but uh, we wanted to keep going for various reasons, May- one of them being that the new Matrix movie was being released. And so this is a long time coming, the, our Matrix episode. A, mm. a lot of podcasts are doing Matrix episodes at the moment, mm. so we're not exactly standing out, but we are the And only the thing podcast. is, a lot of those podcasts <laughs> are going to be talking about uh, the themes of the Matrix and mm-hmm. the philosophical ideas explored in the Matrix. Um, but here you're going to w- learn words like flotilla. Mm. I'm not going to tell you what it means. <laughs> well, we're not learning it, are we? We're just no, hearing uh, So a flotilla, this is actually the, the first word of the year. So ca- carefully, you know, um, what's the word? I don't know. Flotilla? <laughs> flotilla. Um, uh, yeah, flotilla. A fleet of ships or boats, especially... Uh, Navy organizational unit consisting of two or more squadrons of small warships or an indefinite large number. So I could say that there's a flotilla of uh, Matrix podcasts out there. But this one is the only one where you will learn the word flotilla. This one's the only one where you'll hear that the sequel titles for this franchise give me a boner. So <laughs> let's go. A let's Ralph get it. <laughs> let's get into it. Um, yeah. So, oh, first of all, there will not be any uh, Matrix Resurrections spoilers. Um, give me a Matrix Resurrection um, mm. until we are talking about it. So th- I don't know if we necessarily need to put a time code in the show notes, but if you haven't you seen it You can freely yet, listen until the and yeah. you'll stop listening when we say. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. 
We've yeah, got, we've so, each got interesting histories with this, or lack of histories. Well, with it's this the same franchise. history, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's actually not interesting. <laughs> yeah. So the Matrix, yeah, the series now consists of four films. Up until a couple of weeks ago, it was only three. But uh, so there's the Matrix in 1999. Uh, there's the directed by the Wachowskis, and then. Uh, the Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions both came out in 2003. Again, directed by both Wachowskis, but then Matrix uh, Resurrections, which just came out this last month, uh, was only directed by Lana Wachowski, not her sister Lily. Hmm. And some of you purists, some of you Matrix purists are going to be like, fellas, what's the deal? Where's the Animatrix? And I'm here to tell you that I consider the Animatrix to be closer to a TV series than a film because it's a series of short films uh, but we will probably cover the Animatrix on a future episode of our Patreon show film franchise follow up so stay tuned for that but I can tell you it will not be this month because <laughs> okay. there's a new Scream movie coming out when so. is the new Scream movie coming out if it's coming out end of the month we from, could do from Animatrix. when we're recording this uh, from when we're when this is out uh, it's yeah. like two weeks away okay never mind comes out like January 14th or something uh, oh, right on the cusp then. We could do Animatrix instead and no. do Scream in, in no. February. No, because right. I, think, I think February has something else. <laughs> oh, my God. We, we're never going to get Animatrix. Forget I said anything, everyone. Yeah. It's like our, um, our Barbie fucking bumper episode. We're never going to get that. Um, uh, does, no, yeah, February has Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, well... At May, no, that's March. March. I was going to say Maybe May March. tricks, and a May tricks, but and a no. March tricks, <laughs> even better. Yeah. What well, isn't this something like the March here? Is this something? What? Is it like yeah, the March here from What's Alice that? in Wonderland, which oh, is okay. heavily referenced in? I thought that was just the White Rabbit. No, well, no, the March here is the sidekick to the Mad Hatter. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, that was a pretty fucking good segue to loop things back into. Is that a, a different character from... Yeah, there's a rabbit and a hare. <laughs> Confusing. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland, not The Matrix. I understand The Matrix perfectly. <laughs> mm. But still, and so, nine, 99's Inception, you know? Like, this was... This was a big deal. Go. Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, realizing the the Inception comparison wasn't the like the blockbuster <laughs> comparison you hoped it would. <laughs> Happens to me all the time. So, uh, The Matrix, this is one of those franchises I'm going to say up top, I'm not going to get to everything. We're not going to get mm-hmm. to everything on this podcast. So I think we, we said this with the Lord of the Rings episode. It's a couple other ones. I mean, it's, it's I like, would also argue it's not the point of our show. Our, our show is far yeah. more about like historical but contexts and things. People always go, I can't believe you didn't mention this. And it's like, neither can I, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm in shock. I yeah. am in shock. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like sometimes people go, I can't believe you didn't mention this really obscure thing that is how the mm. film relates to me and is why I have a personal connection to it. It's like, I didn't know about that. Um, and then sometimes it's like, it's a bit of trivia everyone knows. It's sometimes they just go over our heads Sometimes it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't mention that either. Like when hmm. we uh, did the Blade trilogy and neglected to talk about the pilot for the Blade TV show that <laughs> sometimes gets sold as the fourth movie in the series. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes there's oversights. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but The Matrix, I understand this franchise is close to a lot of people's hearts. So I'm just saying up top, 
sorry mm. immediately this is my official apology um mm. if you want to imagine this as a screenshot of my notes app or with me is sitting on my floor with no makeup on however you want your apology this is it okay um so aj what is the matrix 1999 about the matrix 1999 is about a man named thomas anderson played by keanu reeves who's a hacker um and he starts uh getting suspicious of his surroundings and he gets um sort of attacked by these creepy uh, suit-wearing, sunglasses-wearing agents, um, which leads him to find out that the world he lives in, the world that we all live in, is actually something called the Matrix, which is a simulation. And in the real world, humans all live in pods where we are used as battery sources for an uprisen onslaught from machines who have taken over the world. Um, But select humans have awoken into the real world and uh, are now um, waking up other humans to claim the earth back and uh, they believe that Neo could be the one aka uh, Jesus, aka Neo, being Thomas Anderson, I should say. That's his, mm. that's his, his user. If you were the if you were the one, what what's your online avatar typically? Um, what's yours? I know, I know, My, your PSN. Mine, yeah, AJ is cool. Imagine <laughs> the, if, if AJ is cool was <laughs> was the name of the chosen one. Oh yeah. Um, and then um, <laughs> you're like your your name. Or like they'll be like, yeah, we're looking for the AJ Coolis, yeah, and it's like yeah, right. AJ is cool is actually an anagram of AJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the yeah he um he he's believed to be this basically someone who can um despite being a human manipulate the matrix of his own accord and deliver humanity from free to freedom up deliver you know, us from evil. Out get them out of the simulation um and yeah that's that's basically it i guess there's a there's a lot more even though it's like quite a a sci-fi concept there's a lot of spirituality in it there's things like oracles mm. and I, I mean even the idea of a, a messiah coming to free everyone is quite yeah. spiritual well i so mean kind in, of, in a way filmmaking in itself is a miracle okay is it well you know it's a miracle things get made true there you go it's a miracle this got made and boy did it get made um and when you know obviously another thing i haven't mentioned is that the it's an action movie so it's very famous for being a really kick-ass action movie and went on to uh ruin every blockbuster that came mm. out after it for years in the early yeah, still to this day um, <laughs> cough space jam cough um, yeah so we we're talking a, yeah we got we got a bullet time reference this year in space jam 2 i mean um, it's, it's not that weird getting a bullet time reference in cinema this year um no, when there was a new not. matrix movie <laughs> yeah but still like there's we we would have covered countless franchises to have referenced or parodied 
the Matrix Shrek. in some small way. Shrek does it. I believe one of the Cats and Dogs movies does it. And just, you know, Simpsons Family Guy. Everyone, everyone wanted a piece of the Matrix pie back in the day. And it truly became one of the more defining blockbusters. For for those that, that yeah. are maybe a little bit younger than us, those that are older than us will know what we're talking about more than we do. Um, but for those mm. that, that are younger than us, it's, it's difficult to just perfectly like kind of like explain the filmic fever that the matrix had yeah. on the world i'll say it i'll say it yeah the matrix is one of the most important films ever made oh very i love that i love calling things important it stops and makes people think because it doesn't mean good mm. <laughs> well, never, it doesn't necessarily like, mean good it means it means this caused things this caused yeah well trends. it's like um this like yeah, it's one of the most like sort of seminal kind of like important mm. line in the sand, making a huge statement kind of mm. films ever made. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was like immensely mm. uh, um, influential and like in a sort of way that we can't even comprehend these days. Like I feel like, I mean, maybe Inception, you're right, that it's like that's kind of the last one that was like an original idea. And obviously Inception and The Matrix are both heavily inspired by anime, and we'll probably get to that later on. But um there's like and not based on an existing IP, um, where it's like this changed the face of, of filmmaking. And I mean, even Inception's another generation ago. I don't know what what we would say is is twenty twenty two's the matrix. Yeah, well I mean, because of the because the pandemic, eh? It's, it's inside. Like, it's Bo Burnham's inside as this, this generation's the matrix. It might be. <laughs> what I what 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 we mean? I think what what we mean by speaking of how important and how influential this is is aesthetically. I feel like they're like you know like in the 2000s turn of the millennium everyone was like it's the future so everything was chrome and everything was mm. sunglasses and stuff. I'm not going to say the matrix caused that completely but it certainly um affected movies enough to want to embrace kind of this non-cheesy because i mm. don't think the matrix is very cheesy interestingly enough not mm. the first one anyway um and and be like sunglasses trench coats bullet time all these futuristic changing the game of cinema kind of thing um and uh you know we've covered things like mission impossible 2 which was clearly trying to bank on matrix hype you know like it made as i said it made every blockbuster that wasn't maybe like a fantasy or something like that insufferable for about three years <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it won it actually it won four academy awards as well um best visual really? effects best film editing best sound and best sound editing which is the biggest clean sweep at the oscars in terms of the winning all the categories you nominated for for a film that wasn't nominated for best picture what a what a, a beautiful way to describe what this movie is then you know <laughs> like like the cream of the technical crop <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean just just the amount of shit that's like pioneered or um perfected mm. or just like like and the the effects for the time are just insane and the bullet time effect is obviously the famous thing um like and i would i would say like in terms of thinking of like things we've covered that like the bullet time sequence would be up there with like um the rocky running up the steps and mm. cheering at the top where like it seems like you know 90 percent of people you know would mm. understand that like that 
you know, when you when you run to the top of the steps, you do it, you cheer, or you go yeah, like yeah. this and you're dodging bullets. And not even necessarily, you don't have to have seen The Matrix, you don't have to have seen Rocky, you don't even have to know that these are references to things. It's yeah. just these images have become so iconic. Um, mm. Be the bullet time effect achieved by... Um, because you you can you can do they do a version of this on like the red carpet and stuff like that where you have um like an arc of cameras around you spaced you know like or not not really spaced just like back to back to back um side to side in an arc and then you take a photo all at the same time and then they're frozen and the camera can move around them but you're actually seeing like each camera is taking a different frame and you go to the next camera um wow but that's the really way interesting. they did it is that all the cameras were slightly off so that it's not they're not all taking a camera at the same time photo at the same time they're taking it like a frame afterwards so right. timing that and working a way to rig that um so that that way it moves in slow motion and he's still moving rather than being frozen in the air and mm. then there's a normal film camera at either end so that it starts normal does the bullet time and then continues normal. That's awesome. It's insane. And, and yeah, it, it, it's very cool. And that was kind of like, I think what the film was sold on. I know that um, Will Smith famously was offered the role of Neo and mm. recently uploaded a story time video on his YouTube channel where he looks baked as fucking hell. <laughs> and um, is just telling the story of like, yeah, I turned down the matrix and the, he says the reason he did it is that the Wachowskis came to him and he's like, and they sounded fucking nuts, essentially. Like, they, they, they came up to him and were like, all right, imagine this. You're like, you're in a fight and you, you jump up in the air and you do a kick, but you freeze in the air and we do a full 360 of the kick. And that was their entire pitch. And he was like, that sounds insane. I'm do- like... Uh, yeah, this this isn't a movie. And did turning that down ruin Will Smith's career, who's gone on to try and have his Matrix with every blockbuster he's starred in since? Yeah, well, so instead of doing The Matrix, he did Wild Wild West. Um, and and yeah. in the video, he's like, yeah, I fucked that one up. Like, that was the wrong choice. <laughs> and Wild Wild West is shit. But it's like, you know, coming like having this insane pitch of a shot, not of a movie, to you and... It's like, would you want to do this, or do you want to do like a another sci-fi epic where you get to dress like a cowboy, and it's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who just propelled you to fame with Men in Black. True. Um, but yeah, apparently, yeah. he also he turned down Men in Black initially as well. Um, he says in the video because he did, he'd just done Independence Day, and he got off of Men in Black. He's like, oh, I don't want to be the alien guy. And Steven Spielberg called him and was like. And, he, and he's like, oh, you know, what? why, why are you turning this down? And he says, oh, you know, just like a gut feeling. And it's Steven Spielberg essentially was like, don't go with your gut. Go with mine. Do the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And he also, the other interesting tidbit he talks about. So um, the supporting cast in The Matrix, um, you've got the, the main sort of three, uh, Counter Reeves as uh, Thomas Anderson slash Neo, Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus and Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity. Um, and then, of course, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith. But um he says that because he's black, they wouldn't. They would have had a white Morpheus, um, mm. and it would have been Val Kilmer. Oh yeah, interesting. Mm. Well, I we guess. Definitely- the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, I can, I can, I could definitely see something like that happening. Um, I don't know if this. I feel like I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm, I'm not the biggest uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne fan. I think he can be pretty bad and stuff, but he's great in this. He's so yeah. good in the Matrix, and everyone's so good in, in the Matrix. Um, I think it's and in the it's, real world too, and in the real wonderful people. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, and uh, I think. Yeah, I I don't know where. How are we structuring this conversation? Should I talk about? Not how, at all. Okay. Well, I think Hugo Weaving's Agent Smith. I daren't say underrated because it's not, but like le- gets left out of the conversation a lot. I think in terms of like the greatest villains of the last pick your time frame years you know like the last 23 years yep (laughs) that's what i'm saying i don't know i just i like so to talk about that i need to talk about this which is that despite being a film bro both of us probably reluctantly identify as film bros um i'd seen the matrix probably in the turn of the millennium (laughs) when i was Mm. seven or eight years old i remember it being on a lot i remember my dad really liking it i remember my brother really liking it and then i didn't see it again until i would have been 18 in which i for some reason um wasn't that moved by it uh but watching it so this watching it now it was it wasn't i can't be like it's the first time i saw it as an adult because it technically wasn't but it was the first time in a long time that I'd watched it and maybe the third time total that I'd seen Mm. it. Um, And so a lot of it, while not new, um, I'd never given the attention it deserved. And I I loved it this time. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was so good. Totally understood the hype a lot more than I did when I saw it at 18, where I remember being a a, um, confused little Christian boy on the brink of not being Christian anymore and unable to understand why someone would want to be let out of their ignorant beautiful bubble where things are comfortable and accept That's hard truths fucking hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and i remember telling this to some people i we, i studied with and not you know not as self-awarely as i've just described it to you now basically i was saying like i don't know if if i would consider getting out of the matrix more important than being happy in the matrix and they looked at me like like they looked at each other and I knew exactly what they were thinking. I got so mad that they were like quietly being like, it's because he's a repressed Christian. And I just want to say that, that they were right. (laughs) It doesn't make me any happier about it. Um, So all of this is to say, I'd never truly appreciated Hugo Weaving as agent Smith until now. My favorite scene in the film is when they've captured Morpheus and they're sort of trying to tap into him digitally to access his secrets. So uh, I like that. So you, you could you didn't appreciate him before because you sided with him. No, I didn't. I sided with Cipher, who's the guy that betray, betrays them oh, yeah, yeah. to to stay in the Matrix because I thought, or at least I thought Neo should have had elements of Cipher's character. I think it would be, and I still do kind of think this that there there is an attractive element to having your main character be like, I don't know if I want to take the red pill. Like it is. Mm everything i want here you know and i think because at and when i was 18 i did not consider whether subconsciously i didn't realize i was doing this i did not consider the truth more important than comfort whereas now i'm 28 and i'm like you know what uh even though even though it's painful the truth is more important you know like having 
being out in the real world is more important than being comfortable in the matrix um so that was that was where that came from but my favorite scene in this film was when they're, they're trying to drain or tap into um morpheus and uh agent smith is essentially like can i have the room to all his other agents and they all leave and he he takes off his glasses which might be the first time he does it in the film i think and i remember as a kid seeing that and being like you know I, I didn't know what hugo weaving looked like and just being like so put off by his bulgy eyes and he, mm. he just goes like human beings are a disease and it's such a it's such a fucking meticulous well-delivered villain line and i love it because the idea of like we are the sickness we you know nature is healing and i'm bloody down with the sickness <laughs> 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 I just I think that's an intellectual idea, but one I think is bad for people. And so to have your villain represent that in a movie that is ultimately hopeful about the future, I think is very powerful to have a villain be like, humans are a disease, we're eradicating them. What do you think about that? Mm. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty um uh, tried and true villain. No, of course it's like standpoint. Ultron, right? Like I have to destroy and, humanity. Um, the, uh, Kong. Sure. um, Right. But this is the first, maybe a very early pioneer of that idea in like a sci fi simulation AI kind of world that would eventually become a lot, a lot more. you know overused but i just think it's sold so well in this movie and mm. it makes sense makes it doesn't make sense in in godzilla king of the monsters when vera Farmiga is like no no i think human beings are a disease it doesn't make sense that a, another human mm. would think that but an an evil program in a simulation of real of real life would have that opinion and i think it's it's really well pulled off like ultron like ultron all right fine it's as good as ultron <laughs> you would put this on even footing with age of ultron I, I would i really would richard i really really would <laughs> so uh what do you think this has on rotten tomatoes i don't actually know i would think in the 90s maybe 95 uh, it was 99 that it came out um what uh, <laughs> um no it has uh 88 it's nearly 90 yeah uh 85 <laughs> audience score oh yeah it's yeah. too complicated. It is. It, I mean, maybe that is it. Like maybe. Yeah. Well, that, that was the thing that that when the script was floating around Hollywood, a lot of people were like, "This is the film too smart to make." You know, like no one was going to make this because the script was just too complicated. There you go. Um, and then apparently Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne said, "I don't know why people think this is too complicated," and then said, "But I didn't think the movie would get made because it, it was too smart." Yeah. Same yeah. thing in a way. To yeah. be honest, Mister Fishburne. So had you had what's your what's your relationship with the Matrix, Richard? Yeah, my relationship with the Matrix. Um, so were you a repressed little Christian boy who didn't who didn't like the um (laughs) very targeted message that this movie was saying? (laughs) Yeah. So I um, God, yeah. I I I don't really remember. I think I watched it on TV, like with ads and everything. Mm -hmm. And with with ads and everything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like I, I i would have been like an actual like it was on tv and i watched probably like 98 percent of it kind of thing it's mm. like i saw pretty much the maybe, whole film but maybe 88 percent <laughs> yeah but there are times that i like went to the toilet and you know mm, missed right. didn't came back after it had already come back from ads shit like that mm. and so it's like i'm i probably would have been 12 to 15 at the oldest mm. and that was the last time i saw it and until uh, last week and mm. so the, like when the matrix resurrections trailer came out p- 
it's like obviously a lot of people I know, like people in my life, people I work with, know that I'm like a film bro, and were, were rushing to me for my opinion on the Matrix Resurrections trailer. And I was like, I don't know anything about the Matrix, dude. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I hadn't, I've never seen the sequels until this week. Neither. Um, and the ma- the original one, I. I barely remembered like watching it because i was kind of worried that i would watch it and then realize i'd never seen the third act or something like that (laughs) but it's like every single part of the movie i'm like i've seen this before i've seen this before i've seen it before and i have i have the film on blu-ray my my sister gave it to me for christmas years and years ago but i um yeah it it was cool watching it again and, and fully sitting down and just uh drinking it in but it's yeah it's a it's a Blake good movie and yeah it's it's just cool to see like such and I I know that there are going to be people that refute this claim but that it's such an original idea because obviously it is inspired by things and most notably uh, animated specifically Ghost in the Shell um right. that apparently when pitching it they showed Ghost in the Shell to the producer and mm-hmm. said we want to make this in real life essentially and, but like just such a a a clear directorial vision and because you like when you look at someone like like tarantino and he's like a real similar kind of thing where it's a a lot of it is picking and choosing what uh you want to be inspired by and pay homage to and all these sort of things but by doing that by cultivating that that is your voice um and Mm. so tarantino has such a distinct directorial voice and 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 his his writing as well and it's not like oh his voice is just the same as sergio Mm. leone or whoever he's inspired by Mm -hmm. and same with the wachowskis they have this really distinct voice and i think um one thing about them and and coming into watching matrix resurrection sort of not knowing what i was going to think of it it's like anytime the wachowskis miss it's because they've made a huge swing which is still interesting which is almost their entire career. It, it is. It's like because <laughs> people, people, people love the Wachowskis and will watch anything they do. But some of it is is garbage. But even things like Jupiter Ascending are like they they fucking did something. You know, oh, like, the one the one that gets me was the uh, twenty minutes, the first twenty minutes of Speed Racer I watched when I was. Hmm. Um, about 22 and then couldn't finish it because i thought it was so bad and now i'm like do i need to go back and give it another chance apparently i do but i hated it when i first start tried to watch it yeah well it's it's anime so you probably wouldn't like it oh of course <laughs> i'm like the matrix yeah but so the um yeah the, the film's release was like this this global event and i think especially as well because this came out the same year as the force awakens and uh, no, sorry, not the Fox Wagons, the, the Phantom Menace. I was like, where are we? What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, this came out the same year as the Phantom Menace, uh, which, you know, a lot of sci-fi fans had been waiting, you know, 20 mm. years for this film. And then it comes out and it's a piece of shit. And then <laughs> in the same year, you have this bold, original, yeah. new sci-fi totally. film to latch onto. And I think, you know, that would have been like, this that would have been part of it as well there exists a a um gen x version of aj who and at the end of the year 1999 was grappling with the fact that he liked this new movie he didn't know existed (laughs) a year ago more than star wars phantom menace 
you know like that i can feel that i can feel recognizing a new thing being better than a legacy thing you Mm. know and it's it's not a nice it's not a nice nerdy feeling what uh what what have you felt that with i remember um when the power of the dog was better than space jam 2 (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) um um i don't know i I know this it's not like i thought it was terrible but i think um i remember feeling like for it was more that i did a lot of a lot of evangelizing for the last jedi when it came out but Mm. then i was also like blade runner 2049 is the best movie of the year you know like (laughs) that sort of thing like like you talk about one a lot more and then go but it's not like it's the best movie of the year Mm. you know um and i think i mean even this year with my my ranking of the matrix resurrections you know like like these legacy things um they feel like they have a lot more gravitas behind them than than a lot of new things but i always try to be honest with my feelings when i'm ranking not mm. that ranking's particularly important but yeah. you know and and just just be like <laughs> i say all this like blade runner 2049 isn't a legacy thing yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about um so when uh when the film came out it was there was a lot of like shrouded in secrecy kind of thing Mm because i watched this the other the other day with um with a 40 year old (laughs) who remembered the film coming out and Mm. and was talking about it and said like yeah like went to see in the cinema and like the the trailers were all just like what is the matrix and very that was the website yeah there was what is the the matrix.com um which it's now just like a Matrix Resurrections Showtimes thing, but it was up until the Matrix Resurrections started its um, promotional campaign. It was the same website, right. um, and it was. Oh, we'll get to Matrix Resurrections, but when they fucking uploaded that trailer, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was this whole you know, and and of course how how marketing worked differently around that time. Um, but yeah, a couple, couple more things I want to talk about with this mm-hmm. film. Do you love it? I do love this film. Do 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 you, are you? Is it like a um, it's not for me, but I appreciate the hype thing, or is it like oh my god, I get it now? Uh, it's somewhere in between, I would say. Because I had I had an oh my god, I get it watching right. it. I it, it was and which is funny because that's kind of what the Matrix is about. Mm. Um, like I, I it was and again maybe it's the whole you know my religious journey and and all that sort of thing. But watching it, it was just. It's so good. The action's so good. The story's so good. And it's easy to follow, I think, which is an under underpraised aspect of this film is like, despite it being so like famously this complicated, complex movie, mm. it, it holds your hand in a way that doesn't feel patronizing, but leaves you able to understand it all. Um, and it gave us Keanu Reeves, sort of. <laughs> it, for a long time, I thought this was Keanu Reeves' breakout role, but I think other franchises that maybe we'll well, mention later on obviously bill and ted's um or we'll mention them right this. now um <laughs> and um even as an action star he was on like speed before this wasn't mm, that's i guess yeah and and like um point break and stuff so i guess that's Devil's not advocate. true but i didn't know he existed until this movie he's in bram stoker's stoker's dracula i know he is <laughs> yeah and he sucks in that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i think like i was actually talking about this the other day that um you know, like you watch a film and it could be like a five star film. You'd be like, "Fucking best film of the year, loved it." You know, mm-hmm. but there's very rarely I find you get a film that actually just like hits you specifically. This is like what you had with Knives Out, I think, where it's like you're watching like this is going on my favorite films of all time list. Yeah, yeah, and 
I said, yeah, I, I, I worried I hadn't, I was worried I hadn't felt this in a long time at one point and then I watched Whiplash and that, that I felt it. And then hmm. it didn't happen again um, until I watched Scream for the first time. Um, right. And that was the same feeling of like, holy fuck, this movie is made for me. This is Where have incredible. you been all my life? Mm, yeah, exactly. And um, The Matrix did, doesn't give me that feeling, but it is, it, it's definitely like, a, I get it. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it, it is incredible. And I think as well that have, if you'd watched this in 1999 or close to it, that being there for the wave of excitement and, not, you know, before any parodies of it exist, um, <laughs> it would definitely strike you a lot a lot well and, and that's what i was saying about i don't even think this is cheesy now because like mm. despite it being like pulled through the ringer for <laughs> for parodies like maybe one of the most up there with i think the godfather from our oeuvre of films that we've covered as like the most parodied things in pop culture mm. like even that i'm still able to take this movie 100 percent seriously um which i don't know if i would say about the sequels um but with this it's like i can meet it on its own terms and i love that it's it's not it's not afraid to be awesome you know mm. like it 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 feels like such a smart movie but then will start playing and just like fuck yeah like it's not afraid to know that it's awesome which i think means it's both a smart movie and a fun movie mm. which is a rare combination perhaps <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah we we're going to um step into woke corner now um, oh <laughs> never been in here before <laughs> <laughs> um so since the release of this film both of the wachowskis uh came out as transgender and then uh lily in 2019 mm. um or in 2020 actually said that this movie is an allegory for transgender identity and the compromises they had to make at the time right a few people were really taken back like this some people you know thought duh <laughs> um, and then some people thought oh yeah 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 um mm-hmm. uh, what do you sort of make of that um well first of all i i'm a supporter of trans rights so if i say anything that sounds uh miscalculated i apologize <laughs> um but i think well, i i put that pref- preface there because um i th- i would say it's probably more a allegory for something that can be applied to the trans experience especially as opposed to like something that is is one for one a trans allegory like it's a it's a movie about breaking out of your society designated body and being who you want to be and who not even who you want to be who you were meant to be Hmm. like and so that obviously applies like yeah, well, not, not, not even who you meant like who you truly are yeah 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 exactly yeah so it's a line in the movie i'm pretty sure yeah <laughs> the, yeah because i i think the, the idea is that i i don't know necessarily that the wachowskis when they're making this were like it's about trans people Shh, don't, don't don't pass it on but it's like th- these are ideas that because of their gender identities th- um the ideas of 
you know, you know, freeing your true self um, were probably just things that they responded to more. Um, mm, I would say, sure, but, exactly. yeah, but you know, it could be wrong. And in 2016 at the Glad Media Awards, um, Lily said, "There's a critical eye being cast back on Lana and I's work." With the through the lens of our transness, uh, this is a cool thing because it's an excellent reminder that art is never static, and I think that's the thing that like art evolves. Wow, and, you know them coming out as transgender does ch- not not like change the movie's themes, but you know what I mean that it's like they they evolve. Art is never static is one of the coolest fucking quotes <laughs> I've ever heard. Oh, that's blown my mind more than the <laughs> Art is never static. That's great. Um, you should get that tattooed on yourself. I will. I dare you my... to. Okay. That's your that's your that's your assignment for twenty twenty two. Okay. And it's up to you to understand that assignment. Forget all these short films that I want to make. Mm, I'm getting fuck fuck what is it? Art is something. <laughs> Art is never static. <laughs> But yeah, so like, like if if you are sort of blindsided by this reveal, um, a couple of things that are sort of highlighted as well: um, the, the taking of the red pills compared with uh, the red est- estrogen pills, um, and also Morpheus's description of the Matrix giving you a sense that something is fundamentally wrong, like a splinter in your mind, compared to gender dysphoria. Um, also, an interesting thing in the original script. Um, switch uh, the character who's one of the sort of the, the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar um, was a woman in the matrix and a man in the real world but that ultimately was dropped female in both worlds but it's is sort of played by like a sort of androgynous actor mm. and, and also fucking named switch <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. that was why that, that was why I named switch for the original script but the other thing that I find really interesting about the Matrix, and there's another one of those things that sort of transcended the fact that it's come from the Matrix. But if you have ever seen any posts on any incel-related mm. subreddits or anything to do with incels, voluntary celibate is the is what that means. It's people that think that Nick they're Beard so misogynists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Nick Beards, yeah. What, what if gamers um, that? <laughs> <laughs> they go by many G- names. Gamers are such a funny term for them because it's, it's so unfair. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, the, yeah, these people that, that think that they're so detestable, they were born so disgusting that their their celibacy is mm. um, outside of their control and they talk about femoids or what they call uh, women and they talk about chads very, who are guys. very cool that'll get the, the woman yeah exactly well, I, I think they're past the point of of wanting them. Uh, okay <laughs> but but the, but the idea is that you the, you talk about being mm. red pilled and that's the whole thing if you are exposed to the truth that women are just these disgusting objects and like men are the powerful things but also we're disgusting as men and can't get sex and the chads are taking all the sex so funny that that's the red pill truth according to i know i know and 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 that's that's how i remember which ones which as well (laughs) is the idea that that i'm like okay red pill i'm like red pill that's the one that the incels think they've taken right okay um so that's that's the good one What's well, the one that opens opens your mind? Opens your mind, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the the it's so funny that the most like toxic, hateful people on the internet 
have taken, have co-opted this a like, transgender a allegory. Transgender allegory. <laughs> um, is so funny. And like I, I, I actually I, I could have done this, but like going go back through like Incel subreddits when Lily and Lana sort of made those comments <laughs> and then they'd just be like, no, no, we're we'll, still ours. <laughs> Was there not? Do you have this written down? There was a case of um, some certain Twitter famous people on Twitter using red pill language. Do you do you have this? Oh, was it Elon Musk and shit? It was Elon Musk and one of the Ivanka I think Trump? Ivanka Trump. Yeah, um, right. were like, don't get red pilled. Basically, no, I don't think referring to being an incel, but referring to not not giving into the woke liberal agenda. Um, and then one of the Wachowski sisters. Uh, who's on Twitter responded and said, "Fuck you both." Yeah, so uh, so is- Elon Musk said, "Take the red pill." This was mm. in May 2020. Um, I don't know what it was about. Um, and then Ivanka <laughs> replied and said, "Taken." And Lily responded and said, "Fuck both of you." Which, you know, that's up there for me for one of the like. It's up there with art aesthetic of my my favorite Lily Wachowski quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but legit though, because what's so great about it is there is literally no one else in the well. There's one other person, I guess, <laughs> Lily Wachowski, who could so sufficiently tell you that you're wrong about that specific thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is It is such a... It is not like it's like like Keanu Reeves who said it. It's someone who invented the concept as, as saying, you are the opposite of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, you know, and that's like... that's so, It's powerful. It's like... It's great. It's one of the best things to have happened on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's still hard to find, like, what exactly Elon Musk was referring to, but maybe it was just one of those, like... I thought, sure, it was something stupid... Um, one one. Uh, are we are we finished in in woke corner, or are we gonna hang out here? I well, like, I like to here. think we always live in woke corner. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this is a flawless movie? Uh, I think it's um no, I it wouldn't may say as it's well flawless. be. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like it's it's one of those like if I was to say it was flawless, you'd be like, ah, but, um, <laughs> or like, or no, not necessarily you, but someone. Um, mm. but I think it's one of those ones like back to the future where, and it, it, it doesn't, maybe doesn't have as explicit flaws as back to the future. Um, but where it's like any kind of flaws represent like a humanity, which makes the film better. Yeah. Because one thing, and I gave this five stars on letterbox. Yeah, so it's which not is rare like this you. is, which is rare for me. Um, and it's, so it's not like I'm taking this away from the score. But one thing I thought was interesting, and it's, and this might be a good potential segue to talking about the sequels. I don't know if you what you want to do. Um, I thought it was interesting that a big, very, probably the cheesiest, the cheesiest part of this movie is that while plugged into the Matrix and has been shot by Agent Smith and we think all hope is lost, he is brought back to life and sort of embraces his status as the one because trinity in the real world um who by the way the 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 ticking clock of neo dying in the matrix and the squids trying to get into the nebuchadnezzar filmmaking well that's yeah they call them squids like them trying to get into into Mm. the nebuchadnezzar that is just excellent like tension building like both your worlds one contained within the other is you know like all hope is lost unless she anyway she she wakes him up uh by saying i'm in love with you they kiss at at, you know and i like i like the sweetness of it um 
And the love story of Neo and Trinity is is the driving force in the next three films. But did you do you, I I feel <laughs> I don't know if they if I would have if I'd seen this movie not knowing what happens. Yeah. I don't know if I would have picked up that they were into each other until that moment in the Matrix. There's no I, scene I, I feel yeah. Yeah, there's no scene where they you know there's a there's a uh sorry my light just flicked on and off. There's no uh, scene where um you know they they longingly look at each other and there's you know maybe some romantic tension we can pick up on and i just thought that was so interesting that like it's one of the things that it's one of the few things i think that is like unabashedly praised about the divisive sequels but it's based in a, in a foundation which i feel like is barely there in the the original classic mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah so i've i've just remembered something um yeah with um so this is a fun little uh bookend or it, since this episode's coming out at the start of 2022 it's not a bookend but um our first episode of film franchise four nights of 2020 2021 do you remember what it was barbie it was famously barbie we had um we and uh, there's a fun thing talking about my relationship with the matrix um and like sort of how how little i actually truly remembered it um yeah. because i hadn't seen it in almost 20 years where the hell is this going <laughs> <laughs> so we had um tim bat and guy montgomery guest star on a little film called um barbie fairytopia mariposa and her butterfly fairy friends uh or barbie mariposa and her butterfly fairy friends um and the the villains in mariposa and her butterfly fairy friends are called skis heights and yeah. they, they terrified uh you and tim and Tim described them as like because you're trying to describe find the words to describe what these skizites look like, and Tim goes, "Go boys, we've all we've all heard we all seen the Matrix. They're they're Sentinels. They're Sentinels from the Matrix." And I just kind of laugh along. I don't know. I don't think I said anything because I had no idea what he's talking about. And so it's a nice little bookend that I finally understand Tim's joke from a year ago. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, time for a segment called Dumb Own Debbie Trivia. This is a segment on our podcast where we uh, dive into the world of IMDb Trivia um, because IMDb Trivia is completely user-submitted. So uh, that means it can quite oftentimes <laughs> be a little bit dumb. <laughs> oh, do, do tell. What have you got? The Ma- the Matrix IMDb trivia page must be gargantuan. You would, God, oh, you must yeah, have the, the, yeah, I, I, I almost <laughs> um, enlisted the help of the Discord, but I didn't. I, I just realized ah, I don't care that much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is one thing that I was expecting to pop up a lot, uh, which I, is I only in, I think, one of, I didn't actually, I don't know if I wrote it down, but it only pops up and one oh no so in matrix revolutions this is dumb indb trivia for matrix revolutions spoilers for that um it says neo is an anagram for one i was expecting mm. that to pop up a lot um it doesn't pop right. up on the trivia section for the matrix however is, this is the entire trivia entry neo is also an anagram of eon <laughs> <laughs> What does Eon mean? Like a a long time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's the? Okay, it's also an anagram of Noe. Noe. Yeah. 
I can do it too. Um, and this one again, like your reaction when you went so is um pretty um like how I imagined you'll react to this one as well, how I reacted to it at least. Uh, Keanu Reeves slipped and fell over during the filming of the lobby gunfight. Okay, <laughs> who cares? Like people slip over and fall all the time. Um, so that's domain to be trivia. I do also have some randomly placed useless statistics. Uh, well, oh, just one you. that I that I noticed. So, do you remember the name of the ship in the Matrix? The Nebuchadnezzar. And what do you know what that's a reference to? It is a Bible character. It is a Bible Thank character. You, religious upbringing. Once again, he was the he was a king who uh, wanted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to worship him, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, said, "No, we only worship." Yahweh and so Nebuchadnezzar threw them into a furnace wow. uh, where they looked in and said wait a minute there's four people in there and the other one was God was you the reader <laughs> a, 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 an angel um, and I know all of this because there is a VeggieTales episode on it called Rack Shack and Benny uh, <laughs> and instead of uh, a I think it's a gold statue in the actual story it's a giant chocolate bunny and uh, Nebuchadnezzar is played by a pickle named Mr. Nezza who's named Mr. Nezza in other VeggieTales <laughs> episodes and he sings a song in it uh, when he's trying to convince them to worship the bunny that goes the bunny the bunny yeah i love the bunny i don't love my mom or my dad just the bunny and they <laughs> had to on the sing-along veggie tales dvd they had to remix that song because they didn't want kids to sing that they don't love their mom or their dad so now it's like the bunny the bunny yeah i love the bunny i also love my mom and my dad and the bunny <laughs> that's great uh ki- christian kids are lame christianity my christian upbringing is taking a, a i suppose it's expected that it would um be play a, 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 vi- a beating <laughs> it's playing a vital role yeah in, in my exploration of the matrix series with you all but this is as by my count this year is our second nebuchadnezzar franchise <laughs> what the fuck oh we didn't do vegetables <laughs> um do you remember there's uh one other franchise we've covered this year that used that name was it indiana jones no i don't know uh the, one of the mummies no no barbie no <laughs> which was barbie <laughs> it was also in um mariposa yeah yeah no i don't know tell me uh the the key of nebuchadnezzar is um a vital uh like plot point slash mcguffin and evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 uh well i mean evangelion and the matrix cut from the same fucking off, hand in hand like- yeah <laughs> so the match I, I did actually have a look to see if the wachowskis have ever cited evangelion as an influence but it's like they must have seen and probably love evangelion <laughs> But um yeah surely they yeah they they there's a lot of other um shit that they more explicitly like Ghost in the Shell mm-hmm. and Akira mm-hmm. oh yeah there you go uh so the Matrix Reloaded um again directed by both Wachowskis uh what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes I don't know I genuine genuinely I have no idea what's going on because we're about to enter a very fascinating conversation mm. um I would guess let's go fifty five seventy three. 73 and 72 percent with audience 
Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, do you want to sort of what? Uh, why are we entering an interesting corner of the podcast? We're entering an interesting corner of the podcast, Richard, because when they came out in what I think is a strange decision for blockbusters, um, when they came out of the same year, mm. um, six months apart, the Matrix sequels were uh, very swiftly shat upon by people. Said, you know, I, I remember seeing Quentin Tarantino say that the Matrix would be his favorite movie of all time if it didn't, if it wasn't for the sequels. Mm. Like for him, they dragged like this is the kind of caliber of inferiority we're talking about <laughs> with these sequels, and it just for a long time, and let's say between two thousand three and maybe 2016 arbitrarily mm. sometime around there when if the, you were when to the say second to, watch house here transitioned oh there you go um if you were to say to someone name a classically bad sequel i feel like the matrix reloaded would be top three answers yeah with the godfather the matrix three. sequels yeah yeah right like i mm. think so interesting you agree with me now when we argued about this a few weeks ago <laughs> oh my god i've been matrix um <laughs> And I just, I, I, and so that for a long time, and I'd never seen them mainly because of this reason mm. is that I heard that they weren't very good. Even when I rewatched the first one for the first time as an adult, when I was 18, I didn't bother with the sequels, you know? And, uh, it was just kind of this idea that they're not as good, but recently, and I don't know if it was because of the second Wachowski transitioning or anything like that, but recently they have undergone quite a substantial kind of cultural reevaluation um where i've seen it it's phrased more as like um if you say the matrix sequels are bad give them another chance yeah. or you don't get them yeah. or something like that but like people are a lot more receptive to I, you don't you don't hear anyone saying that they're better than the first one but you do hear people say that give them calling go. them yeah. calling them bad is like a dated take um as and i would say that is yeah, true you actually can't say that word anymore what Bad. You could, it's dated. Bad. Can move. Just keep going. Okay. I would say that is true of like almost all of the um, Wachowski's films as well. You like. I mean, we sort of already talked about it. Talked about it. But like. Mm. Well, I actually do think that like I I, I said you know twenty sixteen is when um, Lily transitioned. But I think that mm-hmm. or did, you know publicly announced that kind of thing. That I I actually think that it is a little bit. Uh, that was sort of when I think. You, you, the, the the conversation around the Wachowski. There's a lot of conversation happening around the Wachowskis, and I think a lot of their what I can what we consider misses sort of started to like make sense. People were revisiting things, mm. and whether that's you know re- revisiting something like the first Matrix through the the lens of uh, the trans allegory, but I think there was yeah there was a lot of revisiting going on, and those conversations were being opened up again, and people were looking at them slightly differently and and all this because yeah cloud atlas speed racer like all of these films that were considered big swings and misses are now kind of mm. being looked at again and i also think that the fact they had such a um critical success with sense eight as well is one of those things right. it's like a reverse michael cimino where um michael right. cimino who made heaven's gate yeah. and it was so bad that the people were like is is Deer Hunter even that good? It's like they made Sense Eight, which is so good. One of my favorite good. things people to were have like, happened in filmmaking. Yeah, so just, but now Heaven's Gate is one of those like, eh, give it another go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, all of this to say that would already make doing this franchise an interesting franchise to talk about. 
But the fact that you and I never saw these movies mm. means there is like a third layer of reevaluation on here now that we are now going into it's not even talking about it's just evaluation. Yeah, talking about two movies which we both know and remember being hated and then reconsidered. And like, how do I feel about a movie that has that reputation when I finally see it? Mm. I don't know. Is that interesting? Is that a good perspective? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So what'd you think? Oh, I hated the. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, or, what is the Matrix Reloaded about? So, I would say this is our the first of two uh, Keanu Reeves franchises, where the first one's real fucking good, and then the sequels have a lot going for them. And if you like world building. Hell, you're going to yeah, love them. Gonna you're going to fucking love them. Because that and John Wick is the other one I was talking mm. about. Which almost um, had yeah, their so- fourth films come out on the same day. But then wow. due to the pandemic, both got delayed. Wow. Um. So this is essentially, in the first one, they offhandedly mention a little place called Zion, which they say is the, the last human outcrop in the real mm. world the last the last sanctuary for humans in the real world um and then these sequels are just all about zion they're about protecting zion you get a a plethora of um new recurring characters um and what's it about okay let me think what's the best it's like it's hard to, it's hard to describe um so Essentially, what I would say it's a it is about is that the machines are looking for for Zion still. They, they want it, or is that the the revolutions? Are they looking for it and reloaded? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Neo has had visions of Trinity dying. I'm going to tell you like things that happen in this movie, and maybe that's what it's about. Mm. So Neo has visions of Trinity dying, and he's worried she's going to die. Um, the Agent Smith, who was defeated by the One, by Neo at the end of the Matrix, has uh, reborn in the Matrix itself, but is now like a separate agent and is sort of like this um, virus almost that is acting as his own his own party. Yeah, um, and so he's a big part of it. Um, there is a, uh, a a couple of ghosts in it. There's like this idea that mm. um, the supernatural is actually real. It's just. Uh, programs in the matrix that are are trying to escape deletion or something like that i'm probably getting some of the stuff inaccurate mm. i apologize yeah, um, again this is why i apologize in advance that we're not not only am i not going to get to everything but i'm not going to get everything either like <laughs> um and uh it ends with um trinity does get shot in the way neo saw but he is able to do in what i thought was a a profoundly discomforting scene um and i and i shuddered when it happened because neo is the one and he can digitally manipulate the real or the matrix what we perceive as the real world he's able to put his hand inside trinity's chest where he squeezes her heart to pump blood throughout and i shuddered I thought that was the creepier. I like, like, because I could feel it. I could feel what it would feel like to have a shot of blood go through your body because someone squeezed your heart. 
Yeah. Oh God. Um, and she comes back to life. Um, but uh, and then back into the they go back into the real world where they have to ditch the Nebuchadnezzar, um, because the the machines are breaking about to break into Zion, where uh, then Neo like exhibits some the one powers in the real world which she shouldn't be able to do and this knocks him out and it ends on a cliffhanger where the um only the where neo is in a coma as well as this other guy who is the lone survivor of this massive machine attack on some of the other stations i think but this guy is actually um agent smith who has possessed someone who was in the matrix who then got warped back into the real world so now agent smith has an avatar mm in the real world and that is approximately yeah. what this movie's about there's a whole bunch of characters there's a power war a power struggle going between um, morpheus and a guy called uh, captain Locke, mm. who's like the fleet captain for for the for all of the different different ships um there's this kid who looks up to neo there's the architect in a scene which I was like, this sucks, man. This scene is so confusing because the guy just uses big words and it makes it so confusing. Yeah, um, Total Total Film Magazine uh, says this film contains the worst line ever delivered in a mainstream Hollywood film, which the line <laughs> of dialogue is, your life is the sum of a remainder of an unbalanced equation inherent to the programming of The Matrix. Right so confusing and it also does a kind of um what i'm surprised wasn't rejected well maybe the audience is slightly different but you know the um the the force is actually midichlorians thing mm. from star wars which made people be like oh well the force isn't the spiritual wonderful magic anymore it's science um i thought that the sequels both uh really take away a lot of the spirituality from the ideas of the matrix and explain them as like no no neo is not a divinely appointed mm. demigod he is a inevitable anomaly of what happens when you create a system that will you know have all these different mm. uh, avatars in it he is the inevitable anomaly um and and a lot a lot of stuff like that is explained in a way that um I could see people being upset with. There's a crazy scene in this where <laughs> about a, a thousand Agent Smiths, a thousand mm. Hugo Weavings dogpile on Neo and he fights them all off. Um, I would say the action is still really, really fucking cool. And mm. um, there's a there's a highway Creative chase. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a highway chase in, near the climax, um, which is, 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 is really awesome. And I really liked that. Um, it's a very horny movie. Mm. it's maybe the horniest matrix movie definitely the horniest matrix movie not only is there a um there's a scene at towards the beginning where you basically see all the humans in zion have a million people <laughs> sized orgy um like a rave which i kind of liked because it was like yeah probably right <laughs> if you wake wow. up from a simulation and this is your reality probably but then it's intercut with um, neo and trinity having like god it must have felt like a 10 minute sex scene imagine being 10 years old 1999 you see the matrix it it opens your mind you didn't know film could be mm. this good you didn't you didn't know you could feel this yeah you know what i mean and then you're so excited for the sequels to come around they they come out your parents take you and then there is maybe one of the most indulgent sweaty steamy <laughs> sex scenes that you've ever seen that's ever been committed to film yeah. um <laughs> it would be horrendous <laughs> yeah well i mean the film was rated 
rated R. And up until 2016, it was the highest grossing R rated film um, until it was mm. beaten by. Passion of the Christ. No, well, I, I, some places have said it was beaten by Passion of the Christ, which came out a year later. But then mm. other places say it's the high, it was the highest grossing R rated film until 2016 when. What came out in 2016? Deadpool. Deadpool came out. Yeah, that's right. And and, and then that was overtaken by Joker, which is the first one to gross a billion. Um, but the hype around this film, it, it was insane. Insane. Mm. And I I remember I, I remember the trailer like announcing that there was two coming out and being like, what the fuck? And I hadn't seen The Matrix. <laughs> but just being like, you know, thinking that was crazy. Apparently, um, this, <laughs> um, it was shipped so... Um, like posters and, and all the sort of promotional material was so sought after that they shipped like the promotional material to cinemas under a fake name. Um, and they gave it a name that no one could possibly want. Uh, they labeled it everything Caddyshack 2. And uh, so apparently some places didn't realize that they received it. Um, and so it wasn't wow. put out till late. But also, this was a really interesting thing I found. that um, This was the first live action film to be released in both regular and IMAX theaters at the same time. Oh, wow. So I don't know what the norm was before that. Was IMAX, did IMAX come out earlier or did the film have to be out for a week for it to go into IMAX? Mm, or Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's like, of course, like now it's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have ever thought you would have. And then Matrix Revolutions was the second. Is there do you, do you have much on the, I guess the thinking of releasing them six months apart? This has got to be the most high profile franchise we've ever covered, mm. which has a direct sequel come out in the same year, right? Uh, uh, yeah, un, uh, unprecedented sort of um, yeah. sort of move. But it, it, like, it, it's one of those things that it's like I feel like you and I are like this is insane. To do these two yeah. films like this, um, but nowhere else seems to find it as crazy, and like <laughs> you know, I, these would be all the que- if I ever you know had to sit down with the Wachowskis, this would be what I would be asking, but no one else seems to care. Uh, like the films were filmed back to back. Yeah, yeah. I obviously. think maybe because we're in a a pandemic time when we've seen you know I've seen the tra- I saw the trailer for The King's Man, um, what feels like. 10 years ago yeah. <laughs> and still haven't seen the movie i still haven't seen i never saw a quiet place yeah, I was just about to say never. um and and like to me like a six like a movie like the matrix reloaded i would have thought that warner bros would have wanted it to occupy conversations six months before and six months after or at least like you are you are closing the window of promotional time you can do for revolutions because people are still going mm. to see reloaded you know mm. like and also especially if you're dealing with like spoilers and stuff you don't want to advertise yeah, revolutions yeah totally yeah. yeah absolutely and and on top of that it's like um the fact that it was six months as well like i could understand you know nine months to a year but and and so six months is a crazy it was uh, may and november 2003 that that's another thing is that um like i'm surprised it wasn't uh july 2003 february 2004 like at the very least yeah well february films don't really do well in february well for sure for sure bro but like just you know like at least so you at least like Maybe they don't come out a year apart from each other, but they they come out yeah. in different like a no- November two thousand three, July two thousand four, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like that's that would make a lot more sense. I don't think you would do this now. I think I think 
I mean, you've got the MCU, but those say, aren't yeah. direct. They, they aren't direct sequels, though. You can watch Eternals and have not seen Shang-Chi, you know? like Yeah, you, you didn't need to see any of the Marvel movies this year in order, for, for sure. Um, but, I mean, yeah. there are certainly ones like uh, Ragnarok to Infinity War or, or Black Panther to Infinity War that I would say tie in a lot more directly. You're right. I remember when, um, when Infinity War came out, someone was like, is Chadwick Boseman the the like it was something like there's 73 days between passed between mm. black panther and infinity war is this the shortest amount of time in which a character an actor has reprised a role basically mm. like the opposite of of luke skywalker pl- being played yeah, yeah. 40 years apart you know like and then um, bloody fear street took uh took that um <laughs> or just like every tv actor appearing after seven days mm. <laughs> but but i'm just sa- i'm just yeah. saying that it's like it is it's not there there are ways in which you could tell me both movies in a franchise came out in the same year that wouldn't surprise me as much but not when it is the defining blockbuster of that era mm. and its sequel yeah. that is crazy <laughs> that is crazy yeah. well um so the, uh, the part of the reasoning behind the six month uh, time was the studio uh, forcing the Wachowskis to extend it um, because they wanted it to be a few weeks apart. That's not how you make movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this was shot back to back. Obviously, that's how you get movies out that quickly. Uh, but it was actually shot back to back with one other thing, which uh, we'll revisit later on. Oh, okay. There was yeah, three uh, projects shot back to back. What do you mean? Like by the Wachowskis? Or? Yep. And starring the cast of The Matrix? It was a vi- it was it was a video game. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the um, it's interesting. Uh, there's uh, the you, Roger Deakins podcast. He had uh, Bill Pope, who was the cinematographer for the first three Matrix films, and Pope is a rock star. <laughs> TikTok cool. meme that'll be dated by the time this comes out. So he described like working on the sequels as being a pretty fucking miserable experience saying um, everything that was good about the first experience was not good about the last two. We weren't free anymore. People were looking at you. There was a lot of pressure in my heart. I didn't like them. I felt felt we should be going in another direction. There was a lot of friction and a lot of personal problems and it showed up on screen to be honest with you. It was not my most elevated moment nor was anyone else's. The Witch- And then this is a really interesting tip but the Wachowskis had read this damn book by Stanley Kubrick that said actors don't do natural performance performances until you wear them out so let's go to take 90 i want to dig stanley kubrick up and kill him wow wow god how fascinating that all of this like is just aired now like these people Mm. like the the dop can speak ill of these sequels Mm. um because they they certainly um there's the matrix the first film and then there's the sequels they Mm. feel so different Mm. to um to yeah. regular sequels like they feel like their own thing they the re, re, reloaded and revolutions obviously you know for obvious reasons feel like they're telling very similar like yeah I, the same story i was trying you know? to look up sort of a uh, concise why are the sequels considered so bad and i think like even looking at the critical score of 73 i think matrix 2 is kind of considered like oh yeah all right, okay, where's this going? And then three was considered a disappointment, so then they retroactively lumped two in with it. Although, if you look at the box office for three, it fell off quite a bit. Maybe that's people not wanting to see two Matrix films in the same year. Maybe it's people being disappointed by this and not being invested in the third. Various things. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, I saw, um, I, I watched these up north with uh, Jess's family, and um, her dad loved the first one, like saw the cinema and everything. And then 
um, said the second one was the worst film he's ever seen and never watched the third one. Watch Earbud 15, dude. <laughs> then come talk to me. No, it's it's like, and in terms of we're talking about like this perspective that you and I have to offer them of being, of of knowing that like they were once hated and now kind of praised by like a niche group of, of film bros. Um, I, it's like, I think it's because conceptually there's a whole bunch of stuff going on and some of it's really good. I don't know if all of it works. The aforementioned Agent Smith dog pile scene i think is like that could very easily be considered terrible and i wouldn't have a good argument Mm. could also easily be half as long yeah yeah true um i think for me it, it really is just like all the stuff that's added to the story is just not as good i i can see like i remember one of the things i knew about these movies going going into them was someone had told me years ago that there are werewolves and ghosts and vampires in the second one and just being like that cannot be true <laughs> and it's sort of true there's characters so so as i said the oracle shows up and so, and specifically lists ghosts werewolves and vampires as being uh defunct programs in the matrix which are trying to avoid getting deleted um and that's why they're they're spiritual anomalies mm. and, and how we perceive them is because it's a it's essentially a glitch in the matrix but not in the same way that deja vu um which also seeing a cat do the exact same thing twice in a row is not really what i would consider deja vu it's a glitch in the matrix but i wouldn't call it deja vu um anyway uh like knowing that that feels like such a that's like an indiana jones four level like it has yeah, aliens yeah. in it like this it's like it has ghosts and vampires in it and you there are two characters who i think are supposed to be ghosts but there are also two characters who um we are who get shot with what we're told are silver bullets implying they're werewolves we just don't see them be werewolves yeah monica belushi many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. She does it. Mm. There's also there's the orgasm scene in this one. Is it this one? Yeah, another yeah, another horny scene where the, the Frenchman, the Merovingian or something. It's something surreal. Uh, oh, is it like Metrovinian? It's something. He um just gives a lady an orgasm, and and again another horny scene. A pretty hot scene. <laughs> very similar to a scene in um uh, uh Kingsman Golden Circle. Mm, very true. Merovingian. Hey, I've got a real fun thing about this movie though. That's gonna be fun for you and very few other people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At the start of this film, there is like this this board with well, this meeting happening between all the the good characters. Morpheus is there and they're all wearing their their matrix get up. And uh, were these films made in Australia? Uh yeah, and the first one definitely was. Um mm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, the first was. the first film has a lot of Kiwi actors in it. The, well, I mean, they all have a lot of a lot of Kiwi actors in them. One of the guys in the opening scene in the in the uh, boardroom, 
um, is none other than uh, New Zealand Idol's own Frankie Stevens, who's <laughs> wearing a trench coat and sunglasses. I think he has a line. And for those who don't know who this is, this is the guy... I don't even know what what international equivalent. Like, this is the guy that does um, host Christmas in the Park every November. Uh, yeah. I cannot... I don't know how to express it to non-Kiwis how fucking hilarious it is <laughs> that Frankie Stevens has a line in The Matrix Reloaded. It is the <laughs> biggest fucking meme. Like, think of, think of, like, your most obscure local celebrity. It's like mm. that. Like he's he was a he was a a judge on New Zealand Idol. Well, like um, yeah, he, like he, he's he for a while was our version of like Anton Dick or Ryan mm, Seacrest, right. but like the like like two steps Are you down for that. Die Henwood? No, 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 not no. Die Henwood. Dominic. Dominic Bowden. No, um, Dominic I, like, he, he's he's a lot closer. So it's like <laughs> you have. Obviously, the New Zealand version of Anton Dirk or Ryan Seacrest is going to be like a discount, discount version. And it's like Frankie Stevens is our discount version of our discount version of that. <laughs> um, it's just like where I was watching this with um, sometimes host of the show, Emily, and she just burst out laughing. I was like, what? And she was like, was that Frankie Stevens? And I looked it up. His character's name is like Tyrant. Yeah. Um, and he's only in this and into the matrix the video game oh yeah which i i don't know what his role maybe he's got a massive role in into the matrix. <laughs> i don't know yeah, maybe um but i just need people to know if you don't understand and you don't know who he is just know it's incredibly tickling to see frankie stevens be in like one of the biggest movies of all time it's so funny <laughs> Oh, yeah. it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, what I was going to say is about how I was trying to find a sort of concise reason for why these were hated. Sure. And one that I sort of saw, which can lead into our discussion on revolutions, is that this feels like a first act. The, the sort of the, the choice mm. Neo is given at the end by the architect to either essentially it's the red pill or the blue pill again, it feels like the end of the first act. That's also another reason I think it's bad. I think the architect sucks and is a bad character and probably the worst scene in the mm. franchise. And also, um, <laughs> worth mentioning, like talking about, we talked about Val Kilmer and Will Smith. Um, there's a quite a famous bit of trivia that um, Sean Connery turned down the role of Morpheus. Um, it's actually not true. He turned down the role of the architect in the second one, um, ah. but it's quite often being re- it's quite often reported as Morpheus. But he. Um, this was it would, like this he turned down because he didn't understand the script he turned down fellowship of the ring because he didn't understand the script and so he took the role of um on league of extraordinary gentlemen because after yeah. these were such big hits um he was like well i'll just take the next fucking one that i don't understand because clearly i don't get it um and then yeah it's so bad that it uh, he retired afterwards and then died yeah well he actually did 20 years later but yeah he did do a couple of films uh in between um the league of extraordinary gentlemen and his death do you know what those are they're like shitty animated yeah these scott local scottish animated films called sir billy there's two of them Mm. i think so we could cover them but my god he sounds like (laughs) shit in them i've I've watched the trailer and like his voice it's like it's like we got sir sean connery and it's like the the, it's good enough it's good enough but it's like he sounds like 
like he sounds sick. Oh, I like, man. I mean, because I, I think you know, how often did you hear Sean Connery's voice after he retired from acting? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably just got really sick and old because mm. he was. A couple of pieces of dumb IMDb trivia. Uh, first one, there are 1,943 names in the credits. Wow. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't have other credits to compare that to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, this one, singer Alia was cast to play Z, but due to her death, the role was given to somebody else. <laughs> it's Someone. not the first time Alia's death has been brought up on mm. this podcast. Someone couldn't be bothered to check who the role was given to. <laughs> uh, it was Nona Gay, who was the um, daughter of Marvin Gaye. Mm. In Neo's, this one's funny. In Neo's conversation with the architect, it is revealed that Neo is in the sixth iteration of the Matrix, and he is the sixth version of the anomaly. Another way of referring to him, therefore, would be to say he is number six. <laughs> the sixth. <laughs> <laughs> the Wachowskis are known to be fans of the TV series The Prisoner, nineteen sixty-seven. A blink and you'll miss it clip of the show appears in the first film. The main character of the show, who was also big on individuality and fighting the system, was known as number six fans of the tv show will spot an even deeper connection between the two numbers but that would be spoiling the ending of a different title <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> very fun the, and then this one last one uh the 2003 super bowl trailer which is the the only one which incorporates both back-to-back sequels reloaded and revolutions is said by some fans to feature all the men and women that are plugged into the matrix waking up from the matrix and emerging from their pods however neither copies of the trailer downloaded in 2003 nor versions of the of the trailer and modern home video releases show this subsequent trailers are all for either one movie or the other and do not show people like waking up from the matrix either either it says either to us um this wouldn't have made any sense to show this, given that the events supposedly just depicted do not happen in either movie. So it's interesting that they're just describing a Mandela effect thing. But um, yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like someone very frustrated that they can't find what a, mm. a, a IGN for. No, it's like someone's said. friend, yeah, um, yeah. who's who or keeps on going about this trailer has done the facts and be like, actually, yeah, yeah. There is a trailer though that that was both films because I I remember it, um, wow. and it had everyone waking up from the Matrix. No, um, yeah, oh my god! But I did I did find the trailer. There is one that just says like the Matrix, and then it's just like it says reloaded, and then there's a picture of Neo, and then it says Revolutions. It's, it's the teaser trailer announcement trailer. Essentially, do you, do you know what's interesting is at the end of uh, after the the credits stop, uh, Matrix Reloaded, it says the Matrix Reloaded coming soon. It doesn't say the Matrix Revolutions coming soon at the end of Reloaded. Yeah, it says oh. it's itself is coming soon or something like that. I don't oh. know. Maybe I misinterpreted what, misinterpreted what it meant. I thought it um, said like to be concluded in the Matrix. Re- it's it, it's yeah. poorly worded and makes it looks like it's referring to itself. Oh, no, to be concluded is before the credits. Yeah, if you go on, on 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 Amazon Prime for Matrix Reloaded, um, and go to the last few frames of the runtime, it says like the Matrix Reloaded coming soon or so like whatever it says it should say the matrix revolutions i guess is, okay is let me let me um, pull up amazon prime <sighs> this better be worth it alex <laughs> matrix reloaded all right play movie okay let me just uh okay that's a neo there in front of a bunch <laughs> of screens of himself that's the oh. Screen. oh okay what's this What's this trailer? Amazon original. Some skinny dude looking for executive producer of the undoing. What's that chick from? Oh, that's um what's her name? 
Anyway, um, okay, skipping to the last few seconds. It's oh, like end of the credits. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. So it's currently playing some POD, I believe, or one of these sort of good soundtracks to these films. Um, I mean, <laughs> like my kind of, of music and like just <laughs> shitty sort of turn of the millennium. Um, Rage Against the Machine yeah. kind of thing. Which is uh, so it should end with a rage against the oh, machine. Oh, absolutely, side, yeah. I, guess. <laughs> I believe, like the okay, here we go. TheMatrix.com. Yeah, it says the Matrix Reloaded coming soon. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Weird. Anyway. Yeah, it, like so. Yeah, because it ends with just like the Matrix Reloaded, and you're like, oh, okay, sweet. Like it flashes yeah. on in like a sideways version of the digital rain, um, yeah. which you know the most famous iconography from any Feel film essentially um but the yeah it's like a sideways version of that it says the uh match reloading you're like, oh, okay it's just you know in title in title and then it says coming soon <laughs> okay <laughs> so before we move on to revolutions we both rated the matrix five stars on letterbox what did you rate this one did you like it we haven't really said that <laughs> I, I did like it yeah i yeah yeah i i know AJ. I, I think i rated this three or three and a half stars because mm. it's it's got too much in it that is competently and interestingly done for me to be like this is bad mm. so i guess i liked it but i'm conflicted on it and that same sentiment will be echoed uh throughout the rest of the movies i guess uh, yeah and some of the rest of those movies one of the rest of those movies is the matrix mm. revolutions which came out as we said uh six months after the last one um again directed by both wachowskis and uh what do you think this one has on rotten tomatoes this will be like 50 percent or something like that 35 wow so this is this is like the the agreed upon worst worst movie in the series then yeah absolutely yeah, right. That's interesting because I didn't hate it. I feel very similar about it that I felt about Reloaded um, and that it's got a lot of interesting stuff in it. <laughs> but mm. I'm sure I can see why it would have pissed people off more than I can see why Reloaded would have. Yeah, this is one of those movies I watched and got to like the climax of it, like what was very clearly mm-hmm. the climax of the film. There's a big war going on. And then I paused the film to go for a pee and uh, I'd only be watching the film for an hour and it had over an hour to go. <laughs> but I was I was convinced it had 10 minutes to go. So uh, not very well paced, I will say. Yeah. But, uh, but what is The Matrix Revolutions about? So picking up directly where Reloaded left off, um, the basic, there's sort of two main stories in this. One is the um, sequel new characters of the characters who live in zion um fighting off the machines who are breaking in and one is neo and trinity uh going to um visit the machine city and and be like hey stop all this basically neo believes that that agent smith is a common enemy for both the machines and the humans and so he can uh, trinity dies and then Neo gets to the machines where he plugs in and says, I need to stop Smith because he's ruining this for, for everyone. Um, and then he gets plugged in where he has a pretty, like a pretty great climactic mm. fight scene with Agent Smith. I thought it was like, I can understand. I saw one perspective. What was it? Maybe it was like 
Nando V movies or someone was like seeing them Superman around a city is not as interesting as the subway fight scene from the first film. And that's a valid critique, I think, but I still was, you know, I was still like, this is awesome. Like watching them fight. Yeah. I I do like as well that it's like, because there's the, the dog pile one from this, from the last one, which is very, uh, you know, because uh, like a part part of the iconography is of is of these mm. films is like these millions of Agent Smiths, and the final fight is like a one on one, but like almost like the bird style. There's yeah, just yeah. all these Agent Smiths watching <laughs> the battle, and it's like it gives it this kind of like um, mm. spooky feeling. Yeah, Neo's also been blinded in the real world by the Agent Smith avatar who snuck in, um, and then he defeats Agent Smith um, and sort of explodes in the real world and there's a big cross signifying that he is in fact jesus christ um and this creates peace between the humans and the machines i don't know i didn't quite follow it as well as i Mm. wish i did but i didn't hate it uh which i thought i would (laughs) yeah i didn't hate it either and i think and in my review i said i think i didn't understand this enough to hate it that it's Mm. like i feel like if you're really plugged into the matrix (laughs) that you would watch that you could watch this film and be like this is garbage they're not you know honoring zion Mm. i i don't i don't get that like i i i and part of it is probably just not being like super attached to the franchise because i'm watching it for the first time this week but i was like yeah i mean there's there's fun action i i liked the end to the characters i Um, do too and I think it also has maybe my favorite line in the whole series. Mm, that your life is a sum of the remainder of an unbalanced No, that's equation. in the last one. No, so after, so the, the guy who is channeling Agent Smith in the real world, whose name is Ian Bliss, and he does an incredible Hugo Weaving impression. <laughs> like <laughs> like when, when Ian Bliss was in the, in the second one, I was like, they really should have cast like an actor I recognize. Mm. You were like, I, he'll I, never I, be, he'll never sound like yeah. Hugo Weaving. Then, <laughs> <laughs> he just does, he does a really good job of uh, marrying the two characters and the different mm. realms together. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. So good. Um, and then, so he blinds Neo with, with a faulty wiring <laughs> and Neo's blind. It's like, oh my God, that's crazy. And then he like, that's, that's your favorite the, line. Leo gets blind. He goes, oh my God, that's crazy. Oh my God. That's it's actually insane (laughs) smith the smith avatar like slinks away into the shadows and is waiting for like neo to to come so he can attack him and he's like holding like a pipe and neo's sort of fumbling around he can't see anything and then he gets close enough and and smith like swings and neo ducks it and then grabs it and then he says i can see you and it's, I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> he's the one, baby. Like, it was just, I thought it was such a great kiss off line of just mm. like, this is how powerful he is. Like, he yeah. is now a superhuman in the real world as well. Something I don't necessarily understand why <laughs> he would be. But uh, I just loved that moment. And I thought that was one of my favorite favorite moments yeah. from certainly from the second two films. And he says, what is this? Some kind of pipe? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one thing I I didn't um, understand at this, and I was, I was wondering if you picked up on this. The so the Oracle is I probably didn't. The Oracle is recast in this mm. film. Um, Do you know why? And and well, let me just say what's interesting about this is that if I knew nothing about these movies, if I didn't know when these movies came out, I'd be like, ah, oh, 
they recast the Oracle for behind the scenes reasons but knowing they were filmed back to back i'm like is it true in the in the plot it's like she's taken on a new form Mm. which is plot that's good plot reason but like was that what did they could they not cast the same person uh no because uh she the films were filmed back to back but um the actress gloria foster died between like during oh my god uh, before she shot any scenes for the third that's crazy and she hadn't filmed any scenes for Enter the Matrix either. Um, and so the change in appearance is addressed during Enter the Matrix, apparently. Um, she explains what herself it, It's to, addressed in Revolutions as yeah. well. Um, it was the uh, Merovinian punished her for directing Neo to him. Uh, this caused the Merovinian to lose the Keymaker and several loyal henchmen. And in retaliation, he stole her old residual self-image, forcing her to use an older one, which also limited several of her abilities like her memory. Um and yeah they well i guess i guess what's interesting about that is that of all the franchises to have the the like a very sad and unfortunate um you know Mm. workaround they've got to do for an actor passing away isn't it crazy that the this unprecedented move of these two films that were Mm. shot back to back and released in the same year has that problem to work around yeah this is actually the there's what the, what i just read out is actually two transitions into a dumb imdb trivia oh because uh, so after that it's sort of explaining you know explains a bit of trivia of how she passed away um it says in revolutions the initial conversation when morpheus and trinity meet the new oracle was adapted to reference her changed appearance the alternative was to have morpheus and trinity pretend not to notice which perhaps would have been even more awkward <laughs> <laughs> oh so stupid um Um, yeah so stupid so uh, but again so the 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 fun fact about this as well that like you know we had the the imax release thing for the last film but and this is another um crazy thing that i've never heard of happening since so presumably Mm. didn't work out but um this uh film opened at exactly the same time in like every major city across the world so um if you wanted to see this in new york you would go at, at, like the first uh, premiered at 9 a.m so that was 6 a.m in los angeles um 11 p.m in tokyo 1 a.m in sydney which would make it 3 a.m the next day and um after new york and um in new zealand i would have gone to see this at 3 a.m oh, yeah Fuck yeah <laughs> um that's so interesting there's so many like un like not unprecedented well unprecedented but also stuff that yeah as it's you like, say well, yeah, it's interesting they haven't done it again yeah 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 it's movies, interesting no man. other franchise has done the six months i mean maybe it didn't work for revolution so they've well didn't when i think pirates of the caribbean two and three released very close together but they were still in different years yeah pirate yeah, they were still they were a year apart, but let's have a look at the dates. Mm. Um, I I would thought they would I would have thought they just released in um the same time, different years. Yeah, uh, I guess it's still significant because one year is still quite a short amount of time. Yeah, uh, Ju- oh yeah, July two thousand six and then May two thousand seven. So so that's just year. the same same amount of time then, almost. Mm, no, it's yeah. not. No, you're right. No, right. <laughs> no, I'm wrong. You're right. Um, Thank so you, still less still less than a year. Yeah, that's ten, still ten. interesting yeah. i think that i i can explain why this one maybe isn't good 
<laughs> or at least why the initial responses and again like this new reevaluation of them is being actually being good i think comes from people who have been able to sit on the law for 20 years and kind of yeah. like fall in love with it a lot more than than maybe someone who had just seen it for the first time but there is a scene in the matrix revolutions during the war um and there's some very cheesy mech suits there's some very cheesy kind of like hail mary moments and and like characters and all this sort of thing there is a scene where um z who you we mentioned before mm. one of the characters in zion she accompanies another character who and they they have like a bazooka that they're loading and they're shooting a sentience one of the sentience drills right and there's it's this big heroic sacrifice because this other character like gets killed while trying to do while trying to to escape and i was watching this and i was like who the hell is this character <laughs> who is this i've never i don't remember her being introduced i don't know what her name is and then like i was suddenly struck with the fact that like that was true of a lot of the characters in the battle of zion scene that i was currently watching <laughs> and this movie not only came out in the same year as but around the same time as uh lord of the rings the return of the king and lord of the rings a series which has again huge battles with a plethora of of characters but the difference is in lord of the rings i know these characters names i know what their their beliefs are i know what they want i know what i know what's at stake if they die like i think maybe it is just directly comparing the idea of like a revolution no pun intended uh between something like the matrix and lord of the rings i think lord of the rings just does it like supremely better than matrix revolutions and i think that's maybe part of the dogpiling on this movie is that that you've got another example of a movie where there's a big battle and there's all these incidental characters but one of them does it way better than the other you know yeah i think you got bloody avengers endgame which is a different kettle of fish probably because that would be a bunch of characters whose names and motivations you know because you've watched tens of hours of them before yeah I, I think as well that like going into these movies as well i was really scared i was like it was just gonna go over my head and especially like having seen the trailer for resurrections and just being like this doesn't make any sense to me i was mm. like fuck i'm not gonna understand the matrix sequels and mm. I, I mean i joked before that i didn't but it's like i followed them and i understood what was happening but mm. the matrix it, because it's it's one of those things that it's like it's so clearly introducing you to a world that yeah. um it's one of these things like in star wars is the same where it's like yeah this character in the background actually has like the whole thing and it's like they yeah. I, I i i'm assuming the matrix has a lot of that sort of stuff as well where it's like totally. a lot of this is developed in comics and books and stuff which we'll get to but um you know as, as sci-fi blockbusters they're smart they mm. are smart movies and what's what's more important as well is that i can both understand why they're hated and i can understand why certain people now go mm. out to bat for them yeah. and what's what's important about that is i can say i'm actually better than everyone right yeah. like i'm above it because i don't have to be like they're real shit and i don't have to be like actually they're real good i can be like <laughs> you're both wrong and i more importantly i'm right <laughs> <laughs> so that is the matrix revolutions is there anything else you want to say no i don't think so i think that's it so the idea of a fourth matrix film was thrown around for a long time it was one of these ones that was like 
the kind of shit like I remember when when um like El Camino was one of those the, the Breaking Bad mm. movie. There was one of these things that's like that your dad tags you on on Facebook saying, "Hey, did you know they're making another one?" You're like, "Fuck off!" Like these are they they're not going to they're not please don't tag me and stuff like this dad <laughs> yeah they're not going to make one like you know um and then yeah it happened um for for a while uh, zach penn was uh writing a treatment for a new film with michael b jordan eyed for the lead role um and then eventually these discussions of like hey there's another matrix film happening ended up being and the Wachowskis, or at least one of the Wachowskis, is returning. Mm. So, um, yeah, apparently there was a talk of a prequel film about a young Morpheus or an old, or a, um, a distant sequel about one of his descendants, which would probably be the role played by Michael B. Jordan. And, uh, yeah, that that's, um, then it happened. Then, uh, and so in October 2019, Zach Penn said that his script he's written is set in an earlier time period than the first three films. Um, and then August 2019, weirdly, um, uh, before that, um, Lana Wachowski said that she would direct a fourth Matrix film, um, which obviously ended up being Matrix Resurrections, which just came out last month. Um, and it was part of the the HBO Max um, deal um, mm. with Warner Brothers, where it was released um, day and date on HBO Max as well as in cinemas. Yeah. But yes. So stop listening, I guess, now if you haven't seen it and don't want to be spoiled. That's yeah. your spoiler warning. All right. So, yeah, the um, Matrix Resurrections. What is this film about, AJ? Okay. What is the Matrix Resurrections about? All right. So, good luck. We begin the story in this alternate, or this, you know, this familiar world where maybe something's not quite right. And Keanu Reeves is playing Thomas Anderson again. and But he seems to remember none of what happened in the previous movies. But he has, well, he sort of does because he's a famous video game designer who created a classic trilogy, a groundbreaking trilogy of video games called The Matrix. Um, and now uh, it turns out that their parent company, uh warner brothers wants to make a matrix four and um, they're gonna do it with or without the original gonna, creator yeah um, and so they so thomas anderson is is like dealing with this all while um feeling like something's not right feeling like this this matrix world that he created is maybe a little more real than he once thought and he sees trinity again but this time she's Tiffany and doesn't doesn't not isn't and sure she's she married to a title Chad. Yeah, his name is Chad, mm. which I laughed at. Yeah, um, um, the the actor's actual name is Chad. Um, oh right, because uh, that's actually Chad Stileski, um, who directed John Wick and was oh, wow. Keanu Reeves's uh, stunt double in the original Matrix. Oh, that's an interesting relationship. I didn't know that was what their deal was. Um, and then in uh, what is maybe one of the like most insane meta Hollywood plot points I've <laughs> ever seen in a movie, a character named Bugs Bunny drags Keanu Reeves back into the Matrix. <laughs> um, it's literally Warner Brothers mascot named for they call her bugs but she says you know like the bunny and there's also i don't i haven't seen anyone else mention this she says what's up doc in the film at one point um 
she she's been awoken and knows you know and, and so drags neo back into the matrix where he sort of remembers everything and discovers that when he sacrificed himself um it turns out that the 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 machines actually resurrected him and trinity uh which took this this big costly process um and uh now the the kind of they've been using them um to i think maintain because when they're close enough together Mm. there's like a there's like an energy that helps power the matrix or something i might i might be making that up no no that's right so if if they're touching they let off like too much energy but when they when they're just close enough they set something off in each other right um and so the villains you've got jonathan groth who is the um do i say groth yeah it's groth our second jonathan groth franchise in a yeah. row um where he is essentially the new agent smith he's, yeah, he's agent playing. smith who's been yeah. been reskinned and you've got neil patrick harris who plays the analyst who's sort of the main the new villain um mm. who has been keeping them apart um and uh they they fight they fight for their freedom they fight to they free fight themselves. they bite once they again fight from the matrix at the end uh they jump off a building together um and trinity can fly in what i'm calling the second divisive legacy sequel i've seen in the past five or six years in which a character flies and i have no problem with the character flying but the way it is depicted on screen is pretty stupid because <laughs> last last jedi last uh leia flying back on the ship a, a plot beat if i read it on paper i have no problem with but seeing it actually happen i was like this is probably the dumbest way you could show someone flying when trinity's flying she's holding neo and it looks like the you can almost see the wires have been removed from mm. the green screen that they're being like craned in front of and it's like uh, they actually they, they, uh, they actually jumped off a building um and, <laughs> no straight up and, and it oh, was like really? wires off a building it wasn't a oh screen. well I don't. Th- I don't think it looks very good. I think they sh- it should have been a hovering kind of superhero kind of pose, not a floating around, twisting on a mm. an invisible wire. <laughs> I think. I think because you can see, you can't see the wire, but they're they're hanging in a way that it means the wire is connected to a direct point mm. on their person, so it looks stupid. Um, and then they sort of they get out of the matrix and decide that they're going to sort of make the matrix a better place i guess is this yeah one. and then there's a post-credit scene which i didn't see i didn't know there was yeah, it's one. real stupid i didn't think there would be one it's the matrix it's real Why is bad there... what happens so it's like the game developers there and they're like look movies are old news oh, fuck it. this is so stupid you're gonna hate this movies are old news video games are old news the media of the future is cat videos and they're like we're gonna find the best cat video and we're gonna make the cat tricks and then it ends very very funny um i and i continue the franchise idea from a guest who didn't have time to think of <laughs> that's what that feels like but also so does this fucking movie doesn't it doesn't this movie feel like i can or at least the premise feels like a continue the franchise idea that yeah, one of what, us would come up what's because like, because all i heard of this film was that it's like sickeningly meta but mm. i was like watching it i was like, i actually have no idea what the premise of this film is 
But I, I like I remember when we talked about it at most anticipated of twenty twenty one. We I remember you said, "Have you guys heard the rumor floating around that this is set in the real world where the Matrix is a film?" And I was like, I I kind of dug that, and I never saw anything oh, yeah. that explicitly, um, uh, you know, debunked that. Um, but then I also the never trailers saw anything also it. kind of supported it, like that part. Well, where John yeah, and off. I think the thing is, it's like it's not set in the real world per no. se but it set one reality above the last ones in a way but instead of movies they're video games which i didn't know going into it and yeah, was like oh that's the lot that's the small lost in translation mm. part of that leak that that actually doesn't apply is that it's not that the matrix movies exist i thought it was going to be the matrix movie exists and thomas anderson was an actor in them I, I was yeah, yeah. so sure that was going to be the story, but it's actually they they change it to that it's a video game mm. he designed, um, and there's a there's a new Morpheus who's also a new Agent Smith. Um, yeah. There's a whole bunch of new characters for, yeah. for good or bad. But uh, but yeah, it, it is like um you get you know with like these crazy scenes where he's given the red pill blue pill choice again while the original scene of him being mm. offered that in the ninety nine nine Matrix is projected on a screen behind him. Yeah. Which is, it's crazy. It, it, cool, it is. It is. It is cool. It is. This and is it's my. Crazy this stuff. is my jam. This is my bag, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's okay. So, what does this have on Ron Tomatoes? What's this sitting at at the moment? Um. So it was famously for a while sitting at sixty nine percent. Both hilarious. Um, which yeah. is pretty pretty low. I, I think because because I think <laughs> it was because it was both of audience and critical score sixty nine, and people found that quite funny. But I think what's what might have gone over some people's heads that's even funnier is that that's actually that's like the sex number. That's a six. Oh, position. oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's currently sitting at sixty four percent critics, sixty three percent audience. Um, but I've seen a lot of people say this is the best Matrix sequel. Um, you know, critically, mm. it sits in the middle of the two. But yeah, I, I it is interesting because I have seen people give this five <laughs> stars, and I've seen people give it two stars. Like people, I people whose opinions yeah, yeah. I respect. I've it's not the same as. I feel like it's not the same as the Last Jedi, where like a lot of like the critical consensus was was positive and the uh the the audience consensus was where the division showed up because it was mm. low this is critics like a lot of critics are critics put the head themselves. out <laughs> thank you and and because because of that i've i've i don't know what i think of this movie <laughs> i don't know what i'm allowed to think of this movie i rated it four stars i noticed you did too which mm. i think this means this is a rare example of a franchise where we've all given it the same rating yeah. um i here's it's it is a it's like it's like a really bad four star movie or it's a it's a weak four stars or it's it's a it's a it's a three star movie which earns a star for being the swing the wachowski and swing that it is oh wachowski and swing wachowski and swing bro why isn't that a thing It's where the the Wachowski and swing refers to when something maybe isn't good, but you're glad that it was interesting. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting. Okay, well, well, let's talk about why this film exists because it's, it's quite interesting. So, um, I think they told me in the text of the film why this film exists. Why? Why do you think that is? Because the Warner Brothers were going to make it with or without them, which is interesting because. You you see the movie and you think this is a very cynical take on the nature of sequels and reboots. Mm. Um, however, so um, 
this according to Lana Wachowski, this um, the film was actually made because um, within the span of five weeks. Um, so I think her uh, their dad passed away, and then a very close friend, and then their mum passed away, and this is in the span of five weeks, right. and. So then um, she said that it was like during one sleepless night, um, she sort of had this idea, like had had the idea for the film of bringing back Neo and Trinity and sort of thinking about not that, that, that Neo and Trinity is, she said, possibly the most important characters to her and mm-hmm. being able to resurrect them and have this rekindle this relationship with these fictional characters was a way to cope with that sort of grief. Sure. Yeah. And, um, Lily Wachowski, however, said that this sense of loss was actually part of the reason she didn't return. Um, and said, I I just, I didn't want to have to go through my transition and go through this massive upheaval in my life. The sense of loss from my mom and dad to go back to something that I'd done before. She's also, uh, said that she didn't um she was working on something else and said that she's kind of done with sci-fi because she also didn't finish off sense eight i believe um but yeah i found that that, that's super interesting that it is actually like and you know reading comments from um lana about about all this and about bringing back these characters as a as a way to um sort of rekindle that familiarity with with uh, a man and a woman that you love um Mm. kind of thing it's really interesting that then the film has such the cynical nature about it. Well, it does, but it's the the love story at the center of it is, is true. I dare I dare say beautiful, Richard. I, I <laughs> dare say that the resurrection part of the movie, of for its namesake, is probably um, unexpectedly the thing I like the most about it is that it kind of unabashedly becomes a love story i've got to save trinity i've got to get trinity out of the matrix again Mm. um and i i I think it is a better ending for the characters than what revolutions gave us um i like that they were put back together and that they have to find each other again i have i yeah look i when i first saw this i was like yeah that was fun and i keep going back and forth on it because and again like i've seen critics i i admire and um both say this is great and say they didn't like it like which is weird it's a weird thing to happen usually it's like one way or the other um and uh but what what i think what i think is that the meta stuff which we're talking about the Mm -hmm. the like it was a video game that's only really there for the first act of the film maybe the first Mm. quarter maybe the first third of the film um and then it becomes expressly a sequel to the matrix reloaded and the matrix revolutions in a way that's like wow you like this you know this is not um this is not a case of producers going people only really liked the first one so maybe let's focus on that a little more this is like no no this is a sequel this is continuing the story of the world set up in the matrix uh Mm. in the matrix reloaded matrix because I I almost went to go see this with someone who loves the first one but didn't uh, watch the second two, and I was sort of trying to gauge because I saw a few people say like you know you don't need to see the second two, and you saw it and I was like well AJ will be you know I can I can sort of pick your brain a little bit about it and and I said do you need to have seen two and three and you said absolutely yes, and I asked in the Discord and people were like yeah yeah kind of and then I watched and I was like you don't need to see two and three. 
I think I, it's like I think it, I think it, I it misinterpreted spoil. your question. Yeah, exactly. It, it will That's- spoil two and three for you, but. Mm. If you I, you could skip watching them and yeah, it'll it'll tell you Neo's supposed to be dead, Trinity's supposed to be dead, um, and it's stuff like, and people are like no no like like you I might just, not like, know who Jada Pinkett Smith's character well, is exactly but, and and, and that like um, someone's mentioned like like Priyanka Chopra's character Sati who's in the third film, um, and I said like if I was watching this with someone and we were sitting in the cinema together and I had seen two and three and they hadn't and they'd be like who's the girl at the train station? And I would be like, I met a girl at a train station in the third one. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I actually agree with you. I'm not, I'm not going to, going to fight back that. I think it was more like what I think, I think you asked me just after I'd seen it. And my answer was And you you famously have very different opinions. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, but but when you asked me, it was more. I I was answering it more as like R two and three important to it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But yeah, I think I think because also the the film for how like convoluted or complex it is, it actually does hold your hand through what you're supposed to already know. It's a lot of recycled footage, almost mm. too much. I'm surprised, like the auteur that Lana Wachowski is. I would- kind of liked that though. Like, yeah. I think it was done tastefully, and it was because it, it felt it's not, like it's not tasteful. It's that there's a fucking whole yeah, lot, of a lot of it, it. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, um, but it's like yeah, it, it's these very quick flashes. So Neo, Neo will see something, and it will kind of remind because the, the idea of the, the video game, the Matrix he created, is from these faint memories he had from his yeah, life yeah. as Neo, and it's things flashing into his mind. Yeah. So. I I will say this. I think that in terms of like the second act onwards, that's because it's like it's like the first act is kind of a a homage to the first Matrix. The second act's an homage to the sequels, and then the third one is kind of like a the third act is kind of a combination mm. of both. And I think the the all the stuff that is that is that is um playing on the fact on the sequel world the world set up in the sequels there's a new city instead of zion it's io they talk about how morpheus um became the leader but then uh when the when peace ended and and the war or whatever it is the purge happened um he would not believe that it would not be peace forever and so you know I don't know if he died in battle or whatever but it's like his like ability as a leader folded because he couldn't believe that neo being the one wouldn't be the end of it all i think that's a fantastic Mm. development for that character i even think it's 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 you know in in an age of legacy sequels and um mark hamill reprising his role as luke skywalker after 40 years i think it's a it's a very ambitious uh decision to make to not bring back um because lawrence fishburne was like i just wasn't asked yeah 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 he said you "You have to ask lana because i don't know why i'm not in it (laughs) Yeah, and like I like that. And I think that is a a somewhat bittersweet but appropriate ending to Morpheus as a character, a mm. character I liked in the first one. Um, I think that makes sense that he would go out that way. Yeah, it's funny that because I, I I watched this at home and mm. I saw um the app I used to watch it said like had the cast the other one so I said Keanu Reeves as Thomas Anderson slash Neo, um, but it said Yaya Abdul Mateen as um as morpheus slash agents uh, slash agent smith and i was yeah. like fuck that's the the movie ruined for me and it's like within five minutes he's like no yeah, i'm morpheus right. but i'm also agent smith it's <laughs> also like, not very like, clear i found myself quite confused by well it's like because he he was a modal created yeah, yeah in the game so he, yeah. he was created by neo as like 
aha remembered yeah, yeah. combination of the two things but then he's mostly just morpheus throughout the movie yeah um and i i really liked how the um programs can interact in the real world now by like yeah. these nano beads that create sort of human yeah, really shapes cool. really fucking cool idea and, and i dare say it is the it is the best the sequel stuff has ever been. I think. Mm. Well, it's it's it feels like one of those, and also there's like good sentinels and stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the 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 beads of the the programs are directly that feels like a you always wanted to do this, you just didn't have the technology. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I think if if you liked the sequels, I personally think this is the best the sequel storylines have ever been. Mm. That being said. I think this movie has somewhat of an identity crisis and the anarchist in me kind of wishes that the whole movie had been the first act or like that, that, mm, in, that some, vibe yeah. had, had been the whole movie because I was watching it and I had this thought, right. That like, at least in the first act, I was like, this isn't really a sequel to the matrix. This mm. is a movie that is about the matrix. Yeah. This is, it's like, it's using the, this, this pop cultural touchstone as a story, like a device, you know, yeah. like a MacGuffin almost. Right. And, um, I, I'm, I don't think I immediately realized that I was disappointed that then it just became a pretty good matrix movie because it was pretty good. Right. Mm. But like watching and I, and, and like looking back on it now, it's like, a lot the one of the big criticisms i've heard from this movie is that the action isn't as good and they they'd lost their original choreographer or something from the original trilogy and i agree that the action is is just unnotable in this film um but it's like what if it wasn't an action movie like what if it was a psychological sci-fi thriller what if it was this weird like super not giving the people what they want at all <laughs> kind of like um slow plodding thing like i'm sure people would hate that even more but like i'm just so interested in the meta stuff and yeah. it feels like that was the initial idea and then along the production someone was like okay you can criticize all this stuff but it also has to be a matrix movie you can't yeah. just not have it be a Matrix movie. And I kind of think that's maybe a misstep. Maybe it didn't have to be a Matrix movie. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of inclined to agree. Like The the, the first act was my favourite stuff. <laughs> you said that so slow, like you hate agreeing with me. Like, <laughs> right, I admit, you got a point. Yeah, um, but... I mean, we can delve into the the meeting of the elders now, um, because mm. this um, the, the one of our elders did actually sort of explicitly talk about this. Well, so meeting of the elders. If you've never yeah. heard of it before, um, we have a new it. Patreon tier. We have a new Patreon tier over at patreon.com slash coldpopshire, where if you sign up to our cult elder tier, you get invited to a secret Discord uh, room where you can tell us your thoughts on the franchise of the Fortnite, and we'll read out some of your some or all of your thoughts and discuss them. Um, so if you want to get involved with that, coldpopshire, Patreon, patreon.com slash coldpopshire. All right. Um, so cult elders so uh dan in hawaii um stated i firmly believe the matrix 1999 is a timeless classic highbrow action film that works just as well in 2021 as it did upon release i had the unique opportunity to show it to a class of high school students this month and it was met with resounding universal acclaim which is an interesting perspective because you would expect mm. you know your cynical sort of seen everything high school students to probably t turn mm. up their noses at it um 
I used to believe the general consensus that the 2000 sequels were dumb and overbloated, but I've come around to loving them on a recent rewatch. They were ambitious. They made choices. And while everyone memed the reloaded Neo versus Smith's fights as PS2 graphics, really it was just one shot that was a touch too smooth in a film otherwise full of immaculate action choreography and special effects. That, I think that that is the thing. And I did sort of notice that, that because the movements are so smooth um, and you do end up with, you know, major characters being CGI, it, it, there's something a little uncanny valley about it. But then also it's, it's supposed to be a simulation. And so if it's running at full capacity, you know, <laughs> it's like you can forgive it. Um, also, how damn diverse are these films? I was really pleasantly surprised by the casting across the board and reloaded, reloaded slash revolutions. Well, which also reminds me, there's an interesting to um, Jessica Henwick, uh, who plays who plays Bugs that you mentioned, and um, the Matrix Resurrection is, um, I believe, a Chinese British actress who was offered a role in Shang Chi. Um, almost the exact same time she was offered this role and described it as like a red pill, blue pill moment. Um, um, But then Dan goes on to say, as for Resurrections, I was, and this is spoiler marked, uh, taken aback by how aggressively meta the first act was, but I warmed to it soon enough. Groff is such a perfect smith. Regardless of the sequels, I think absolutely everybody needs to give The Matrix 99 a chance. It's a bonafide classic. So it's interesting because I saw Dan gave this two stars on Letterboxd. And, really? I, and I was quite quite surprised by that. And then he he later reviewed, re-reviewed it and gave it four, I think. But um, yeah. God, and, and, my mind does not work that way. I'm not the yeah, kind no. of guy that can, upon reflection, go from four from two to four or, or yeah. reverse order. <laughs> but it, it is interesting because I, I actually watched this in two parts as well. I, I put paused it and it was i was like oh you know got quite late so well, should we go to bed we'll finish it tomorrow and then we paused it and it was uh 59 minutes and 54 seconds and i was like oh well, let's watch six more seconds and then we paused it exactly an hour and it was one of those things and this happened to me a few times when you pause a film and watch it later and it's like you've watched two different films so it's yeah. like it was getting into the just matrix stuff but when i went to bed i was like this is this really fucking cool meta like thing and and i and i was like i think i'm gonna fall on the side of really really liking this and because i'd seen people you know complain about the meta stuff and i was like well i i'm, I'm really digging this meta stuff um and then the meta stuff disappears and mm. it kind of turns into just more of a generic matrix film and so i think i could have if it had continued up until that hour what had been up until that hour point i could have been like yeah this is a five-star movie but then it just became like a four-star movie for me yeah yeah also funny that I um just before like starting the film I like so I I've gr- I grew my hair throughout 2021 and it got quite long almost Keanu Reeves esque mm. just before shaving my head I was like um I was like wait but we're about to watch Matrix Resurrections what if I was like what like what if we watch the film and Keanu Reeves has real cool long hair and he looks real good and then I'm gonna get real sad. And then for a quite a long part of the runtime, he also has a buzz cut and he looks real cool. So I was, it didn't have that problem. And I was like, yeah, I still look like Keanu Reeves. Um. <laughs> I liked what Dan said about um, how diverse the casts are. I think that's a fantastic point. If we can um, wander back into woke corner almost for a second. I think <laughs> that, everything's um, PC. 
Well, because one, I and I did, I did a very funny tweet slash letterbox review of mm. this film where I said I said something along the lines of, um, I didn't understand why internet losers were decrying this film as woke trash, and then a woman does something awesome, and it's like, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, and I, I had a conversation on Twitter with a fan of the or well, friend of the podcast. I should, don't know if he's a fan, but friend of the podcast, uh, Uther Dean, um, who pointed out a really great point, which is that, um. The not only is this no more or less quote unquote woke than the sequels are, um, but also the sequels have like gotten more quote unquote woke with time. Like a lot of the stuff which would have seemed incidental in 2003 now feels very, um, good hearted and you know, like, like, like the diverse cast and stuff now feels very important looking mm. back on that now. Um, and Uther also pointed out that, um, it's not really a case of a director being woke as much as it is just a director being a good person <laughs> that's yeah. being being decried as 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 woke. Um, but yeah, what else have we got in the in the elders? So Dimitri said, uh, "I saw the sequels way late, <laughs> way late, um, and it already had my perception coloured by public opinion." When we say we'll comment on your ideas in the meeting of the elders segment, we mean we'll make fun of them. Well. <laughs> 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 radical and then uh however when i finally did watch the trilogy as a whole this year as prep for the new one i thought they were all pretty much this is the same in quality these movies probably just aren't my bag for whatever reason i just finished the resurrections and i honestly really enjoyed it i think it may be my favorite of the series without getting to spoilers i really right liked the direction they took things also think the casting was excellent and 2.5 hours went uh really went by quick so it kept me engaged the whole time that's really interesting that um like the perspective of someone who's not enamored with the first one and mm. it's like but by by not buying into the first one you're also elevating the sequels a little bit yeah right because yeah, they're I not ruining I, anything i'm i'm a touch offended by saying that they're all the same quality but i'm also glad i know of at least one person who thinks resurrections is the best one because i was hoping there would be someone who could have that experience. Yeah. You know. Paul says, always thought the Matrix had that back to the future problem of setting up stuff at the end of the first one with no plan to pay it off. Neo is very literally a god by the end of the Matrix. And they dismissed that by saying, hmm, upgrades and reload. Uh, reloaded, sorry. Uh, Neo also sends the message to the machines at the end of the Matrix saying he is going to show everyone what's going on. This never comes up again. And they show even less regard for the people in the Matrix in the sequels. <laughs> that is one thing i don't like about the series actually is that early on in the first one they're like by the way everyone around you at any time um can be taken over by agent smith and also because they're not working for you that means they're working against you and this gives this the entire franchise carte blanche to just murder civilians the, and <laughs> yeah. heroes heroes murdering civilians the whole way through and i wish there was more of a like if you know they might be taken over by agent smith uh, but they'll be fine afterwards you know give a card section just a hero just mowing down innocence yeah <laughs> and then uh, a very late uh, addition oh. to cold elders from uh, brent needs an exit <laughs> he uh, asked first if he don't missed let it. it happen again please brent <laughs> uh i think i'm about as close to the proper demographic for these films as you could be first three released when i was a teenager i saw the first one on dvd and was blown away went to midnight screenings for both two and three which were released six months apart something i'd never heard of before i enjoyed the box office hype of the sequels but realized how bad they were once i stopped to think about them the fourth one is definitely written for a person like me they're flirting with 
with the idea of a reboot while doing a reboot that isn't actually a reboot. I think it was a great way to refresh the series and I would have no problem if they started an HBO exclusive series with the new characters navigating different matrices to ex- to continue the franchise. Oh, I'm way too late for the Matrix episode, I suppose, or not. I am so confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think the um the idea of an HBO series is probably pretty affordable with that set of actors mm. um you know you're not having to get keanu reeves involved um who i imagine is expensive uh, <laughs> uh yeah i think i think that's a really cool perspective and a, and a really like i'm glad we have a have someone who had the like the platonic ideal experience the everyman experience of this franchise i think is a mm. is something we, we needed that maybe you and i did, couldn't provide yeah. um yeah meeting adjourned meeting adjourned i think that a really good criticism i've heard over and over again of matrix resurrections is what are you first of all what are you saying are you are you you making are you making a comment on the nature of sequels or the nature of movies or are you you, are you criticizing people who worshipped the matrix like there's obviously some kind of criticizing criticizing of media business business media versus artistic integrity Mm. right which maybe may or may not doesn't have a clear uh, like conclusion but ultimately the 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 criticism is why is a matrix sequel doing that like the Mm. the none of the matrix movies are about that none of the matrix movies are about hollywood they're not meta they're they're specifically about um i mean trans allegories and, and things like that you know like it's it's they're about these very different things to a critique on hollywood and i think if this movie had been the entirely first act entirely meta set in the real world thing that we thought it would Mm. be i think then you could get away with it because before this came out people there were rumblings of like it's like uh gremlins 2 it's like space jam 2 like like it's it's essentially space jam 2 again um in a lot of ways Uh, but but like and all these things i think are um are really fun ways to to make to approach making a movie but in doing so you also need to make the movie if it's a sequel be just astronomically different to the ones before it and it starts that way but i think because then it becomes just another matrix sequel albeit what i think is the best matrix sequel i think you lose the reasoning to make it a criticism of hollywood meeting adjourned <laughs> uh yeah no yeah that's, that's an interesting perspective um so that, that's our um discussion on the matrix movies uh but there is a little bit more to come uh you oh. wanted to talk at the start you said you want to talk about your big fat boner <laughs> my, no, no sorry my nuts are my, my fat my fat fucking nuts and my big boner no um i like we talk about titles a lot on this podcast and um, you know, I've heard some people don't like them, but I like <laughs> the Matrix, the Matrix Reloaded, the Matrix Revolutions, and then the gift that Lana Wachowski gave me by calling this one the Matrix Resurrections is very like very consistent, very very neat. I think they're cool. I think Reloaded, Revolutions, and Resurrections are all very cool words to use. And Reloaded, when you hear Reloaded, do you think of a gun or a computer software? Uh, like, I would is, I would think of a gun a thousand times before I thought. Of I, I'm software. sure I'm sure people are, but but is there that double meaning there of it's also mm. it is the computer system is being loaded again because yeah. it's the sequel. Um, up until like the last week, 
I <laughs> could o- like I could only keep the name of the third film in my brain for about 90 seconds. <laughs> um, you would tell me it was Matrix Revolutions and then less than two minutes later, I would have to Google to check it wasn't Revelations. <laughs> well, I think it's because Revelations maybe is more typically used in, yeah, this, exactly, yeah, yeah. in this context. But I like Revolutions more. I think I think Reloaded is maybe a little dated. It's a little 2000s cheese. Yeah. But Revolutions is a cool Because it's idea. about like a revolution. Yeah, exactly. And Resurrections is not just it's the f- first sequel in 20 years. It's also like mm. it's a they were resurrected. I think that's cool. I think that's cool. I just think it's neat. I, it is. It's neat, Richard. It's wonderfully neat. Mm. And I love that. Well, the neatness may or may not continue with the um, continue the franchise. So, Oh, great. Conti- <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> continue the franchise. This is a segment where we um, sort of go off. Uh, we, we have a look at what. We go the off continuations already, <laughs> already exist, and then we pitch uh, one of our own each. Uh, so, continue the franchise. There's the uh, strapping because there's a few. So, obviously, okay. as you mentioned, uh, the Animatrix, which is an anime collection of nine shorts, including the original, oh, which like, uh, yeah, explores the time between, including the original. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I I pasted two sentences together and it fucked uh, them up. So. Yeah, so like the the original war between humanity and machines, which led right. to the creation of the titular Matrix, in addition to providing side stories that expand the universe and tie to the film series. There is one of them has Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss in it. Oh. And then this is uh, dumb Wikipedia trivia. Um, so this is like in the opening like paragraph. It says since the anthology's release, multiple franchises have partaken in similar similar projects over the years. Citation needed <laughs> well not to undumb your dumb wikipedia trivia i had the dark knight trilogies version of this mm. i still have it on dvd it's called batman gotham knight and it's set between batman begins and the dark knight and it's a series of anime um made by different studios so like all the episodes look different which you know, I don't know if nolan would consider them canon but it isn't inaccurate to say that that a lot of franchises wanted their own animatrix which mm. um you know i can't believe it's titled that but it's a great title <laughs> the oh the animatrix that's so funny for years i'd heard of this mm. and it was very late in the game when i realized why it was called the animatrix and i'm like that's insane like that's if that again that's one of those things i said this about um about spoilers for shang chi about um trevor slattery showing up in shang chi mm. it, fe- it, f- it feels like something i would push so hard for in the writer's room and I'd be <laughs> fighting every day for i feel like i'd be fighting every day to get this this collection of anime short films to be called the animatrix and it happens it exists <laughs> yeah um uh that also came out in 2003 as well just worth pointing out nice um so and interestingly though um in 2001 there was a documentary that was behind the scenes of um the first film and kind of said like you know we're making two more um and it was called the matrix revisited which means this was the first instance of the right. matrix re um so yeah, as we mentioned, the Matrix kind of, re your last email. <laughs> <laughs> the um, into into the Matrix was a PS2, GameCube, PC, and Xbox game, um, which uh, was filmed concurrently with uh, the Matrix Reloaded and Matrix um, Revolutions. 
And it features over an hour of original footage written and directed by the Wachowskis and starring the cast of the movies. Damn. So there's like an extra movie hidden inside this video game. Wow. Yeah. And that's the one that has um, Frankie Stevens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Tyrant. I hope, I hope he's like the main character. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, here's an interesting thing. In the original theatrical release of The Matrix Reloaded, many of the signs during the uh, freeway chase had eight character hexadecimal codes instead of the actual content as shown in later theatrical versions in our home video those hex codes were cheat codes for the game into the matrix um, oh, wow. there's a hacking mini game where these codes are coupled with the cheat command to activate the cheats mm. isn't that insane yeah that's great what a yeah. massive piece of content that i feel yeah. like a lot of people don't really know about mm. uh so and between 2005 2009 there was an mmorpg called the matrix online which was a continuation of the storyline and this was kind of the wachowskis gave it their blessing and said um the the gamers are inheriting the storyline from us you know it's it's now your game you and so it's actually like continued the storyline and was like you know you 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 write it from now on is that the one where they killed morpheus doesn't morpheus canonically die in the matrix oh, maybe, I'm, I'm not sure I, there's like a you can see a clip of him getting shot in an alleyway it's really <laughs> funny. like and when when lawrence fishburne wasn't returning for resurrections i remember there's a big contingent of people being like Wait, is this because he canonically died in the Matrix Online? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So also in 2005, there was Matrix Path of Neo, um, which was uh, written and co-directed by the Wachowskis. And this one, you just play as Neo going through scenes of the first three movies. That came out before, after the sequels? I thought that was like a post-first movie before the sequels no. game. No. Um, and then uh, most recently, however, we have uh, The Matrix Awakens, which I feel like you so easily could have called Reawakens or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this was uh, this just came out recently, and this is a tech demo for Unreal Engine right. Five, which is the video game engine, mm. and so it's the new one. It's pretty fucking nuts. Uh, it was written and directed by Lana Wachowski, and it's a lot of it is like, look at what we can do with this technology, and sure. it's Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Have you played it? No. I have. It's it's free to download on PS5. Um, you might as well check nice. it out. I it's like you watch a bit and then there's a quick then there's some quick time events of you shooting people and I was like, I get it, I can't be bothered actually playing the thing. <laughs> so I watched the like the cool part and it's and it isn't it is pretty insane. Cool. So it's video games, and then there was also the Matrix comics, uh, one of which was written by the Wachowskis and illustrated by the film's concept, the original film's concept artist. Um they were originally released for free on the Matrix website between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand three. Um Okay, then a few weird um, continuing the franchises that exist. Uh, there's the Samsung SPH N270, which is a real mobile phone released, also called the uh, the Matrix phone, which is a phone made to resemble the one in the sequels. Uh, it was kind of intended as a piece of merch rather than like actually being a good phone, famous for having the spring-loaded earpiece that pops up. Um, and there were supposedly 10,000 made, but there's no, and like they're all clearly numbered with which one they are, they are but uh, no production numbers above 2,500 have been like verified to exist. So there might be only 2,500. This is phone cannon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a couple of, uh, yeah, really sort of odd ones. There's um, the Matrix Defense, which is a legal defense is like it's been used in the real world is that like the wachowski and swing <laughs> yeah. uh that, yeah four people um have um uh, so 
Oh, they believe they're in the matrix. Yeah, that like people have claimed that. Like the Truman that, Show yeah, syndrome. The, yeah. So this this is like a legal defense that you're clinically insane, essentially. Um, wow. Tonda uh, Lynn Ansley of Ohio was found not guilty by reason of insanity by using this defense after shooting her landlady in the head in 2002. Um, so before yeah, the sorry. sequels. <laughs> <laughs> we should all be shooting at left. Sorry, I'm kidding. Yeah. But they, um, yeah, so in using this defense, the defendant claims they committed a crime because they believed they were in the Matrix and not in the real world. A defendant could allege they never intended death for their victim because they believed the victim to be alive in the other reality. If I was on the prosecution, I would be like, in the Matrix, if you die, you die in real life. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, you can't say that if you kill, <laughs> just, mm. like, argue back with the Matrix law. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Vadim Sieges of San Francisco offered a Matrix explanation to police after chopping up his landlady and was declared mentally incompetent to stand trial. <laughs> Well, that's crazy. Uh, Joshua Cook's lawyers were going to attempt this defense in 2003 in his trial for the murder of his adoptive parents before he pleaded guilty. But then the sequels came out and they're like, ah, oh, never mind. <laughs> that's crazy that it's like, they're like, yeah, we were going to attempt this. It's like blatantly just saying, no, this isn't real. Uh, and the, cl- the case of Lee Malvo, who participated in the sniper shootings of 30 victims in 2002. So these are all between the original and the sequels. Interesting. Uh, also included references to the Matrix mentioned in the writing takers from and writings taken from his jail cell malvo reportedly shouted free yourself from the matrix from his cell after his arrest and told fbi agents to watch the film if they wanted to understand him so th- this is our, our, our first franchise which has inspired a legal defense and also possibly our first film that has inspired a religion called matrixism aka the path of the one do you know about this uh, I bet I could guess its entire doctrine. <laughs> what is it? It's just the Matrix, is it? It's just believing yeah. in the Matrix. So the the four main beliefs of Matrixism, the four tenets of Matrixism, um, the belief in the um, messianic, uh, how do you pronounce that? Messianic. Messianic prophecy, use of psychedelic drugs as a sacrament, a perception of reality as a multi-layered and semi-subjective, and adherence to the principles of at least one of the world's major religions. April 19th is their holiday, aka Bicycle Day, um, which is the anniversary of Albert Hoffman's 1943 experiment with LSD. Sounds like just people doing acid. Um <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Uh, so, yeah. Do you have a continue the franchise? So, I was going to say, like, surely there's a Rise of the Machines style prequel here that we haven't seen. Like, surely, you know, we t- they talk about this apocalypse that happened. But it sounds like that's what the Animatrix is. It covers it. Um, yeah, because yeah, that felt like the obvious answer or the obvious way to go with it. Um, one of the... one, You know, you Richard, you know I like my... Um, this thing is like this thing, and I don't know exactly how to explain it. Like when, with I don't know, uh, die another day is a PS2 movie. Oh, yeah, sure. That that sort of thing. You I love think, them. I love that sort of thing. I think the Matrix sequels are an animated series. The everything. It's so <laughs> sorry. I sort of zoned out there. Yeah, um, and like I, a and Saturday I, morning talking, cartoon. Yeah, I'm not talking about the the animate matrix. I'm talking about things like the Men in Black cartoon, the Godzilla, the Godzilla cartoon, the mummy. where a lot a lot of these things would would there be a popular movie come out, and then there would be a cartoon made. It would go for like fucking sixty eight episodes, and yeah, it would it, be it like, goes for like twelve or a hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
and it's it's set like not it's not explicitly a sequel and they take on like Jumanji did it as well mm. where it's like it's more inspired by the movie where they they adapt some of the plot themselves to, to work better for a cartoon and all of the Zion stuff all of these new characters all of the mechs feels like it's something that would happen 60 episodes deep into a animated series based on the matrix and so i guess my continue the franchise is um one of the traits of these animated series based on a popular movie thing is like they'll change little things and it'll be like why did they change that that's odd and i thought what do you think they would like would neo would have orange hair you know it'd be shit like that or like trinity wouldn't be in it you know like and like the the law agent smith would be able to like intercept the the real world and the matrix it'd be it'd be things like like these little tiny inconsistencies that stop it from being a sequel and make it turn it more into a um into a reimagining the matrix reimagined there you go you've done it reanimated yeah, I think I think the Matrix reanimated, or the Matrix the animated series would yeah. be all right. Reanimated series. <laughs> uh, so my my idea for continuing the franchise is, like, uh, this could kind of take any sort of form. Um, this could be like a, a movie helmed by Zach Penn, um, or whatever. But it's like there's one really interesting throwaway line in the second film. It's the architect scene. Um, okay. For me, the most one of the most juicy little morsels in the film is that when when we're told that this is the sixth iteration of the matrix they talk about that he mentions that the first matrix was this utopia that was so idyllic that the the humans inside it rejected it because it was too good to be true i think i think agent smith mentions this in the first film as well right yeah um yeah maybe that's where i'm getting it from but um but both characters do right okay but it's what a fascinating idea i think that's mm. like that's more interesting than the sixth matrix but like <laughs> i would i would love to see the and it could just be and like this is why it would kind of be good for like a reboot or whatever is like yeah it's essentially the same story as the matrix but the world they're escaping is too good to be true and it would make that like so it's like because the the red pill the blue pill it's like well i've got this pretty mundane life here but it's like no this is literally everything you could ever want um but But people are going insane because it's everything. yeah but people are going insane because it's what they want so it's like do you want to deal with the the trials and tribulations of real life Mm. or at least you know the, the machine war and shit no it's not not just the trials and tribulations of real life and boys and stuff um (laughs) <laughs> yeah like i think yeah that, that's such a more interesting story for and me. because because it's a prequel is it the matrix preloaded ah yes preloading which of course also means uh getting drunk before you go to a, another yeah. thing with alcohol <laughs> all right so now we've just got a couple of segments one is real good and then one's real bad so um we'll do the real bad one first um okay so that is we rank this franchise um so on our letterboxd if you go over to our letterboxd the cold popsha letterboxd um you'll see that we have a franchise ranking where every every time we rank a fran- every time we watch a franchise we rank it in amongst the others um and what is um 
Matrix is 145. Um, so it's the 145th franchise we've ever watched. See, what do you think for this? Because it's like it's like one one perfect film. Yeah. It's a pretty much perfect film. And we've made the mistake before, I think, of raking a franchise too high because it has a really good film at the start. Mm. Um, and I don't think that's actually what we're ranking. And something like Jaws, for example, being at 48, I think should be much lower because even if the first one's a masterpiece, oh. as a franchise, it falls apart. Well, do you think it's better than The Love Bug but not as good as Blade? No. I think it's probably better than Blade. Okay, is it better than Frozen? God, we're not going to put the just right next to the last franchise. <laughs> um, uh, what do you, like? Considering like throwing in the the resurrections into this consideration as well, I'm inclined to like mm. just for just for like I'm thinking more around the like Evangelion area because okay, cool. We'll put it just under Evangelion, better than Lee Longstitch. Okay, <laughs> cool. You always want to be so done with this segment. (laughs) Uh, Next segment. So now it's time to reveal our next franchise. Um, Mm. Quite often we would do this uh, through a random number generator, um, but this episode would have been the one that was in a random number generator, but we did the Matrix to tie to the new one. Um, So you're welcome, internet. Um, So uh, this one is decided by our Patreons, our lovely patrons over at patreon.com slash Cold Popshire, where for $1 a month you can comment, uh, suggest franchises and vote on every second Mm. franchise that uh that we cover and this one uh was one of the like least fought battles we've ever seen that one one franchise just took an immediate lead and just mm. it just never led up from that lead um and it's it's one that's pr- probably the 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 most times been a bridesmaid i would say mm. um that it's you know come second or third quite a few times uh and that is the keanu reeves trilogy yeah bill and ted so we are continuing really on with in the Keanu year. Keanu year, make it make it a thing. Um, it, I did think I did just realize like we're like oh we're gonna do another Keanu Reeves franchise. We we barely talked about Keanu Reeves on this podcast. Well, we can talk about him next time. <laughs> there may be. Um, yeah. So so another another case of like a legacy sequel for mm. Keanu Reeves as well because the Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and bill and ted's bogus journey came out pretty close to each other while Mm. bill and ted face the music came out last year two years ago when you're listening to this um mid pandemic was one of the the highlights of mid pandemic and i did not watch it because i knew one day probably soon i would be watching it for this podcast Mm. (laughs) and i didn't watch it because i'd never seen the other i haven't seen the second one and i saw the first one Yes, that's exactly the same situation as The Matrix, to be honest. It's <laughs> seen the first one, but barely remember it, never saw the sequels. Uh, yeah, so if you enjoyed this anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Let us know your thoughts on The Matrix. Jump in our Discord. There's a link in the show notes to the Discord. Uh, jump in there. Let us know what you think of the series, and we'll respond to, to your, your comments and your messages. You can also support Cole Popshire by following us on Instagram and Twitter, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channels. There's two of them. One's called Cold Popshire, and one's called Cold Popshire again. 
Um, and you can subscribe to us on all the various podcasting platforms, as well as supporting us on Patreon. If you want to be included in the Cult Elders segment like we did before, or you would like to vote on, suggest and vote on a franchise like we just did, or maybe you'd like to get involved in our post credit scene segment which is coming up mm. right after this music ends all of that is available at cold popshire patreon patreon.com slash cold popshire is the best way to support us um short of uh sending us messages and saying that you think we're attractive richard let's sing ourselves out and let's sing the famous theme song from the matrix as we go into the post credit scene um it's a bunch of tones it's a bunch of moody tones the matrix needs a more iconic theme song doesn't it that's my continue the franchise (laughs) Uh, well i mean it uses the fucking um oh yeah i thought for some reason in my head i was like isn't the elevation by youtube that's tomb raider (laughs) that's tomb raider this has cash whatever that song Welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment where after the end music of each episode, uh, we go to the fuck of fuck this up. We we answer a question or play a game or comment on something you've said um, from the Patreon. If you want to get involved, head on over to patreon.com slash Popsha and uh, donate $5 or more and you can be part of this, the post credit scene. Richard, who is this post credit scene from and what is it? This one comes to us from Andrew Harding, who says, Hi, AJ. Hello, AJ and Richard. Uh, Has watching a good deal of movies and television resulted in you being much more sensitive to some of the more lazy or low effort techniques used in filmmaking? For example, I watched the trailer for the upcoming Sad Man series on Netflix. Didn't know there was a trailer out for that. Um, And I'm already extremely skeptical due to the low quality stock audio electricity noises used in what is likely a multi-million dollar production. I think you can probably safely assume it is a multi-million dollar production. Um, uh, Thanks again for everything you do. Andrew from New Hampshire. Thank you, Andrew. Um, I'll question. say this. I'll say, I, 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 I understand what you mean. And like things, things like the Wilhelm scream, mm. I don't think of as cheap. Like they couldn't get a better scream, but I, it is kind of like, it takes you out of the, it's a, the it's, a, it's an inside joke and it always, it always yeah. has been. That's why people do it, yeah, but it yeah, is, yeah. it's, it's had its day. Hmm. What about you? Are you sensitive to what, anything like this, that? So this is the thing that I, I and um, what I actually like, really like about this is that, you, you can choose to look at it cynically like that where you go like oh that's that thing and i and i think that uh you know when something is your job you end up you know hating seeing it or, or whatever but i think i'm kind of like if, if i recognize the sound effect from something else to me i'm like oh that's a cool thing that i'm in the special club of people that can recognize that and so i think i tend not to it, like yeah, maybe I'm more sensitive to them in the sense that I, um, my ear might be more tuned to to it than than other people's necessarily. Not like just general techniques, not sound effects especially. Um, but yeah, like to me, it's it's it's. I get the feeling more that it's like, oh, cool, I'm I'm part of the the club that can recognize that. So I think if you can look at it, you can you can put a positive spin on it. Yeah. When you hear that like famous like kids laughing sound mm. effect. Yeah. Do you go like, I get it? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's just like a because also like it's been well established on the podcast that I love being right, and I think that's part of it as well is that like I like I just like knowing things. 